It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Well, the temperature's a lot more like basketball season. The weather feels much more like being inside and, and catching a good basketball game this week. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm Ryan Epling along with James Collier and Bill Cornwell. We'll be with you until midnight tonight. Getting you update on all the scores from across the state of West Virginia in high school boys and girls basketball action tonight. Also preview the week ahead and, and cover a little bit about what has happened over the course of the past week as well. And I mean, before we get into the scoreboard, which I mean, we know that's why you're here, you want to find out scores. We'll get a scoreboard, in, our first scoreboard in just a moment, but... First off, uh, James, last week we were joking you, you were having to do some gardening uh, before the show, and uh, this week uh, <laughs> had to dig out almost. Yeah, it was funny. I was I was talking with Chris Bailey earlier today. He used to be a, a weather guy in this area. He's down in the Lexington area now with WKYT. And I said, um, it's snowing in Worthington today. I was tilling my garden Monday when it was 70 degrees in shorts and sandals. I was ready to jump into the pool. I was like, well, let's get the filter back out and put it back up. But uh, – Old man winter giving us an ugly face, yeah. but it's supposed to be 67 on Christmas Day next Friday. That is just wrong. Yeah. This is, I would have rather had this cold to spell next Friday than today. Yeah, this this is Christmas weather right here, guys. I mean, it's been snowing all on and off here in the Huntington area since about 1 o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, it's uh, there's a dusting on the ground right now. In fact, uh, you know, not to go too far into the news side of things, but I-64 shut down uh, near Dunbar because of a crash. And, yeah, there, uh, there's several crashes that's yeah, been reported. If you are out and about traveling home from games, take a little bit extra time. There's black ice everywhere because that temperature is just around that spot to where roads can freeze, thaw, refreeze. So take a few extra minutes, be careful, and be cautious. Get home, tune us in there, and uh, and settle in in a nice, cozy comfort of your own home. Yeah, also, some crashes on I-79 around Elkview. So, again, that, that's... Uh, just an example of what a lot of the state is going through tonight. Now, we will speak in just a moment with the head boys basketball coach of Notre Dame High School, Jared West. That's a familiar name to most of you guys out there who are WVU fans. But before we do that, James, will go ahead and fire off our first scoreboard update of the night. We'll start first on the boys' side. Several games playing earlier today, and uh, both up in Charleston, the Cardinal Big Ten Classic, as well as the FCA Hoops Classic up in Parkersburg. It was Taze Valley Christian knocking off Capital 57-49. Riverside, a 102-44 victory over Riverview. Magnolia behind Preston Boswell's 45 points. Defeats Brook, 73-46. Willing Central, a 70-26 lead over Payton City after three. Woodrow and Woodrow Wilson and Hurricane. It was a Woodrow Wilson 22 to 20 lead in the second quarter. They run off a 47 to 9 run in route to an 84 48 route of the Redskins. Big win there tonight for the Flying Eagles. University a 40 point victory over John Marshall 90 to 50. Tyler Hart and Ethan Ridgeway each with 12. It was Princeton a 73 41 win over Mercer County Academy. Logan Watkins 14. For the Tigers, Booth has 27 for Mercer Christian. Roan County, a two-point win over Doddridge County, 
That one just going final. Lindsley leads Buckhannon Upshur 30-28 at the half. And it's South Charleston getting off the last shot at the buzzer just before the locker room. Takes a 35-30 lead into the locker room over Parkersburg South. On the girls' side, lots of games already final. Down at the ESPN Wild World of Sports, Preston victorious over Ross Shepard out of Canada, 79-27. Liberty Harrison, a 27-16 win over Independence. That was in the Big Ten Cardinal Classic. In the FCA Hoops Classic, Riverview, a 94-40 win over Taze Valley Christian. Back to the Big Ten Cardinal Classic, Philip Barber, a 60-26 win over Scott. Also in the Big Ten, Mingo Central falls to East Fairmont, 72-33. Grafton, a 72-51 win over Tulsa. Lincoln defeats Wayne, 54-53. In the FCA Hoops Classic, it was Hoover over Robert Seabird, 57-34. One more final coming in from the Big Ten Cardinal Classic. Polka, a three-point win over Bridgeport, 47-44. Willing Park, a 71-42 victory over Oak Glen. It was Cross Lanes Christian defeating Tug Valley, 54-30. Musselman picks up a win over Pendleton County, 63-42. That's in the Petersburg Tournament. Buckhannon Upshur wins over Martinsburg in its host Christmas Classic Tournament, 62-54. Fairmont Senior knocks off Chapmanville, 74-42. The biggest game maybe of the entire night. It was a battle of Class AA against Class AAA. Two of the top teams in each classification, and it was AA Wyoming East knocking off South Charleston. 73-66, Gabby Lopardis, 35.6 assists in the win. Dunham has 28, Cashwell 25 for the Black Eagles. We'll hear from both head coaches later on tonight. It was Frankfurt, a 67-66 win over Kaiser. Riverview defeats Valley Fayette, 55-24. Hurricane knocks off Nitro, 58-39. And at the half, North Marion roughing up Sissonville, 39-17. That's your first check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. The Big Ten faring very well in that Big Ten Cardinal Conference shootout. And just a score just updated, and I want to share to boys basketball, South Charleston, now leading Parkersburg South, 52-43. After three quarters, West Virginia signee Brandon Knapper with 27 points in that one so far. Let's go to the phone lines. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish are off to a 3-0 and start. Jared West is the head coach, and he's a former Mountaineer as well. Coach West, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, coach, your team 3-0, and uh, coming off of a, a win over Tigers Valley earlier this week. Uh, last week, a win over Grafton, also a win over Philip Barber. Uh, from a standpoint of uh, where your team is right now compared to where you would like it to be, uh, how how are things going for you guys so far? Well, we had a, a very, very good tournament uh, at beating Grafton. That's, that's a quality win for us. Um, I think they have an opportunity this year to maybe uh, challenge to go to Charleston. So we, we were very happy to get a win at that building. It was a hostile environment, which is good for us this early in the season. Uh, you know, it's early season, so we, we, we definitely have a lot of work to do, but very, very excited to, to get the season started off um, 3-0. and well, Coach, something that I know is always uh, interesting to talk about, uh, your son, also Jared West, uh, he, he's uh, one of the top recruits in the state of West Virginia, and he, he's got a lot of attention. He's one of the, definitely easily one of the most talented players in the state. How difficult is it for you to separate the role of coach and father? 
Uh, if you if you would ask me that two years ago, it was very diff- difficult. Um, he made it a lot easier to deal with. Uh, he, he, yeah, it's funny. I used to always address him and say, "This is not your dad talking. This is Coach West talking." <laughs> um, but you know, we, we've had we've had a lot of experience now after two years, and you know, he he made it a lot easier to to be able to coach your son. It's a very, very, it's a gratifying thing and it's a great thing, but it's also difficult also. You know, people say, you know, keep, keep everything at the gym, don't bring it at home. But when you're a, a basketball family, as we are, we all, we, we eat, drink, sleep basketball. So, you know, it, it was kind of difficult to keep it at, to keep it at the gym. We always talk about it at home, but, you know, two years into it, this is our third year. Uh, everything is pretty smooth. We, we're both goal driven. We, we both want to win a state championship. So, when we, when we talk normally, we're on the same page. Coach, go back to that, that trip you made to the state title or state championship game a few years back. How much have you taken from what was learned from that experience and used that to push forward to where you currently are as a program? Um, I don't know if you ever get over games like that. Uh, it, was, it was one of the hardest experiences I've ever had to, to go through. Uh, but, but, you know, it, we did take, uh, we, we, we really, really focused on the small things, paying attention to detail. Uh, we never stretched sideline out of bounds and inbounds plays <laughs> as much as we did this preseason. Uh, you know, so uh, we, we definitely learned from it. We, we know we are a program on the rise, you know, you know, we, we have the talent to, to, to go a long ways and we've got to, you know, get on the grind this, this season and uh, make some weaknesses strength, as, as I think we did. But, you know, I, the good thing is a lot of those kids felt, that felt that pain on the court last year, they're back this year, and they want to get that taste out of their mouths, and you know, everybody's goal-driven. The only thing we're talking about is, is uh, winning the state championship. That, that's what everybody's goal is this year, and everybody's focused, and so that's why we. it was good to come out and get the season jump started in the right direction. Coach, I know that you know you're. Um, we can't go without mentioning it. You are a WVU alum. You hit one of the biggest shots in in West Virginia history in the NCAA tournament. That's been a few years now. We're not going to go back on in terms of exactly how many or anything like that. But um, I know last night was the Capital Classic. Great second half for the Mountaineers in that ball game and a very good start to that season. I know you you have to follow that program still. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um... You know, and the, old, the older my boys get, we, we, we go down there. Uh, we've gone down there more and more, especially the last few years. Um, the way they play, the way they are playing now is a lot how my senior class played, my senior team played. Uh, it's, it's an exciting brand of basketball. Um, it, it's, it's a, it, the way they play is kind of how uh, I try to instill my guys playing high school, you know, obviously not to that extent or with the athletes that they have, but with the same strategy that the pressure teams uh, wear you down and try to force as many turnovers and, and play fast. You know, it's, the, it's a fun style of play. Um, they've reignited the energy in the state, you know, being top 20. Uh, I think the sky's the limit for those guys this year, as deep as they are and as talented as they are. Uh, if, they, if they get on the high street and make some jump shots, that they're going to be a tough team to deal with it in March. Coach, back to your team and looking at your schedule, uh, 
I see something I don't see among a lot of the other Catholic schools in the state. It looks to me like you're playing about every other Catholic high school in the state of West Virginia. And, of course, uh, there are some good Catholic teams this year. Obviously, Wheeling Central, Charleston Catholic, Huntington St. Joe looks to be pretty good. Uh, uh, the way you schedule that, you, you guys kind of going for an unofficial Catholic state championship. Well, uh, we're, we're, when, I, when I first started coaching, uh, I, I told maybe I wanted to bump the schedule up, piece the schedule up. The only reason I, I do this is to try to win a state championship. And, and you know, in, in the past, uh, before Tug Valley came down to Pringle Lake, uh, you know, the Catholic schools, the Wilder Centers, the Parksburg Catholics, they kind of dominated. So, you know, we, we want to play the best the best teams in, in Pringle Lake. Uh, obviously, with, with Chase uh, or Mr. Harlow, as we call him in our household, because we have so much respect for him. But, uh, you know, with Chase being in Wilmington Central, we wanted to get a piece of them. And Huntington St. Joe is probably the most talented team, uh, definitely a single A, maybe in the state. They have three potential division one guards on their roster. Uh, we get them at our place and at their place. Uh, so, so we, we really want, want to be battle tested to give ourselves a chance to, to make a run for it, uh, in, in March. And like you say, it, it just happens that a lot of those, a lot of the, the better teams think they are Catholic too. So um, we just we just try to schedule the, the top teams. We have Tug Valley coming in next Tuesday. We, we go to Bridgeport later on this year. So we, we just want to be battle tested when it, when it when it gets to tournament time. Well, I was about to mention that Tug Valley game Tuesday. Tug Valley last year they, they they fell flat in their state tournament appearance against Williamstown, but that's a program that has traditionally been very very good and. Uh, I mean, is this a situation where you want to look, and now that Tug Valley's in single A, it's not necessarily just a measuring stick game, but a chance to see a team that you may see again down the road. That, that you're exactly right. Um, however you slice the pie, at the end of the year, in my opinion, um, you know, it's a, it's a good chance. If you, if you want to win a state championship, it's a good chance you're probably going to see a Tug Valley. You're probably going to see a Willis Central. You're probably going to see a Huntington St. Joe. So we we wanted to, you know, not only get get a get a gauge for where we were, but we wanted to, you know, see some of the teams that we might see down the road. Uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for that Southern Valley program. They they won back to back a couple of years, double A, single A. It didn't matter which class they were. And you know, you got kids like Tyler May and Jeremy Dillon on your roster. To be honest with you, you can compete with with anybody. It doesn't matter which class you're in. So um, we're very excited. Get them on our home floor next Tuesday. We we went up there last year. It was a very very close game, but so we're just excited to get them in our place. Um, you know, I think number three and number four in the state. It, it'll be a very a very good early season test for both of us. Um, so we're, we're just excited. Jared West, head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish boys basketball team. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for taking time out to talk with us tonight. No problem. I need you to do me a favor. When you when you talk to Erica Bowles, I need you to ask her what her nickname is. <laughs> we will we will mark that down and we will find out for you. <laughs> hey. Thanks so much, Coach. I, I, I do. All right, you all have a good one. Okay. <laughs> all right, thanks. That's Jared West, head coach of the Notre thanks. Dame Fighting Irish. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll have more basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. If you love basketball, there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And the big news, it's on the front page of basketballnight.com. The state reclassification, the complete breakdown is on our website, basketballnight.com. All classes, all regions are on the site. Go to basketballnight.com and check it out. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. Become part of our Basketball Friday Night family. We'd like to hear from you. We want you to become our correspondent. And update us on your team's games. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Call the show tonight. We want to hear from you. Toll free 855-345-4709. 855-345-4709. Give us an update on your team's game. You can tweet, text, email, or give us a call. Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates carrying the show and all of our new Twitter followers. We'll be telling you who they are shortly. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 9-18 on this Friday night, December the 18th, one week till Christmas. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Bill Cornwell with you here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Full slate of games tonight that we've been going over. We've been covering those, and we will continue to cover those for you throughout the course of the evening. We'll get to score updates uh, on those games coming up uh, again here in, in a few moments. Um, before we go to our next caller, though, um, and this is something that we'll touch on much more later in the program. I want to kind of tease ahead in the program, but if you go to our website, basketballnight.com, you can see the proposed sectional and regional alignments for uh, basketball for next year and uh, those are all on basketballnight.com that involves the new classifications and um, Bill I know with with the reclassifications there would be obviously there would be a lot of changes but uh, that that proposed uh, sectional and regional alignment is definitely worth taking a look at in terms of how some of the schools are split apart from each other that are just really minutes apart and yet are in separate regions yeah, and you know they. I think a lot of times, if you're thinking about that, and of course those are proposed, you know th- things can change. But I think a lot of times that they 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 want to keep tradition in maybe a a region and not necessarily common sense. So they they need to think a little common sense now. You know you you don't necessarily need to be tied by tradition, and uh, you know it, it seems like there's some changes that need to be looked at. Both regionally and sectionally, 
to make these these just a little bit more logical. I think some of them are most of them are logical. There are a few that they need to think about. Yeah, there there are. It's it's, it's a good discussion. I think it would be something that would be uh, good to open up for that discussion. Speaking of opening up, the Huntington Highlanders are three and zero, and coming off of back to back boys state titles head coach ron hess joins us now and uh coach Hess, your team like i mentioned three and a couple of wins this week on the road at parkersburg and at spring valley and in terms of getting off to a good start can't be much better than what it has been no we're, we're playing okay uh, you know it's early in the season of course we've got a lot of things to work on but of course you're happy to be three and oh and Especially going up to Parkersburg, we always seem like we don't play real well up there. Uh, anytime you go up there and get a win, you got to feel good about it. But uh, we're just, you know, it's early in the season, and we're not quite, of course, we're not where we want to be. Uh, and you don't want to peak, of course, early in the season either. But the kids are working hard, and you know, got a big game coming up on on Monday against Beckley, and we're going to find out, uh, you know, where we are and what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are and things that we need to work on. And they were outstanding in their win tonight over Hurricane. And uh, your team, uh, a lot of experience back from those back-to-back title teams. And it really all starts with your point guard, Tavian Dunn-Martin, uh, one of, quite frankly, many Division One recruits that are in the state of West Virginia this year. And uh, he, might be, uh, he might be the top point guard in the entire uh, state. Mm-hmm. And, and having him to work around, having him back, getting that extra experience. Have you seen his game grow? Oh, yeah. Well, I've seen it every year. Uh, you're talking about a kid who he works so hard during the off season. He's always playing. Uh, he's lifting weights. He's working on his ball handling. He's working on his shooting. He's always in the gym. I mean, that's where he likes to be. That's his favorite place to be is when they're working on his game. Uh, but he's just taken uh, such a role the last couple years, even even that when he was a sophomore, he stepped up as a leader for us. But he just understands the game so well and he knows uh, our offense and our defense and schemes very well because he's been in the system now for four years, and he knows he knows where the kids are supposed to be on the floor. So he's such a, a coach out there on the floor. It's great to have somebody like that, you know. And now that he's signed his um, his letter in Akron, I think that's definitely taking the pressure off him. So hopefully he can just kind of relax and enjoy his senior season. You know, he's done so much already, man, the state title or state tournament three years in a row and then being state champions two years in a row. You know, he's accomplished so much, so I'm just hoping he can just kind of relax and enjoy the season. Coach, when you have a kid like Tavian, is he like the spark plug that just makes this offense run? Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, we we put the ball in his hands. You know, he's going to have the ball in his hands. He's the one that's going to make most of the decisions for us when we're on offense. Like I say, he's such a smart kid. Uh, you know, he knows when he gets into the lane and it traits, he knows if he can go ahead to the basket finish or he should pull up and shoot the ball or if he should, you know, put the ball outside for a three or dump it down inside. He's just a very intelligent kid. And to have somebody like that on your team is just a blessing as a coach to have someone like that who is so intelligent and smart about the game of basketball. Ron, uh, everyone knows about Tavian and, and of course, J.R. Howard and Jalen Pennington back with your ball club. But watching you last night and your win over Spring Valley, I was really impressed with Michael Dawson. And uh, he has really improved, and he's a real physical presence now for you, uh, really growing up as a young man. He, I mean, he's still got a long way to go even. Yeah, he sure is. Um 
you know, he's only a sophomore. He's six three. He's a big kid. He's just a physical kid, and we need someone like that because we really don't have that. But of course, since we graduated Chase Mann last year, but he's come in and just uh, stepped right into the starting lineup, and he he works very well with the rest of our team. Uh, he kind of understands his role. He knows he has to be kind of a physical presence for us inside, and he's got to rebound a lot and you know, on the offensive and defensive end. But he's a kid who can get a rebound and just take it the length of the floor, which, you know, that kind of gives us just another weapon on offense, and we already have a lot of weapons on offense, so it just makes us even harder, I think, to guard this year. But, uh, you know, we've got a long ways to go as early in the season, but I have to develop some depth. That's the only area where I'm really concerned right now. Our bench isn't really long right now, so I've got to get some uh, younger players some experience so I can work man-man. Well, Coach, it's a, it's a, it's one of those situations where the basketball season is about 15 weeks of games, and that can seem like a long time. In reality, it's not. But in terms of the last two years, your team has hit some kind of peaks and valleys through the regular season and then hit its stride and played its best basketball through the postseason. How, how have they been able to do that? Uh, well, you know, we've really been lucky in that regard. You know, like you said, there's a lot of ups and downs during the season. And both times during our championship runs, we've had a couple of tough losses late in the season that kind of brought us together, made us understand that, you know, it's it's little things in the game that's going to win it for us, you know, blocking out, uh, diving on the floor, playing more as a team, you know, sharing the basketball, you know, and help side defense, just the little things that kids understand that they want you know, even to get up to the state tournament, we had to do those things. And we had some losses both times late in the season just kind of woke us up, everybody up. And they really, really wanted to get up to the state tournament and, uh, you know, experience that. And once they got up there, you know, these kids, for some reason, they really liked that, those bright lights up there at the Civic Center. And we've just been very fortunate and have played very well up there the last two years. Coach Ron Hess, your Highlanders taking on Woodrow Wilson on Tuesday and then a trip across the Ohio River to Ironton on uh, actually that's monday i guess what uh, huntington i guess isn't it or against woodrow and then tuesday right. against ironton mm-hmm. i apologize so uh, a couple of tough games this week yep that's uh, the ironton tournament which is a yeah, good tournament sure. Mm-hmm. yeah it sure is like i said you know we've got Beckley on monday and i went scouting them the other day and they're they're just dynamic they're a very good team uh, very athletic very quick uh, they put a lot of pressure on the ball and, you know, and we're going to have to be ready for that. And uh, like I said, it's nice to have a game like that early in the season. So, you know, it kind of gives me a look at, you know, things that we're weak on and things we're going to have to work on, you know, to get better down the uh, down the road. So it's nice. I'm looking forward to that game on Monday. Coach, you talked about also going over playing in the Ironton Classic, and you get a chance to match up against Ironton. It's always a very physical team out of the state of Ohio. What do you like about that matchup of being able to step outside your own state Face off against a team that's very physical that is going to give you a good look for something you're going to see when you make a trip back to Charleston at the end of the season. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen them play already as well, and and they're a very very physical team. You know, it's something that that's how they play. You know, it's going you know hopefully the rest won't get too physical in there. Uh, but our kids have to learn how to deal with that physical type play because, you know, sometimes officials let you play it away and sometimes they don't. And, you know, the kids have to learn how to adjust. You can't get upset and mad about it. You just have to uh, play the way the officials let you play. So it's good to have games like that because, you know, you got to see how your kids respond to that. You know, you can't let the physical play affect how you're playing in your game. So it's good to have a game like that. And, 
you know, it's across the, uh, the river, so it's going to be a tough test for us. And, Coach, you also get the chance to take your kids into a volatile environment because when the Ironton Fighting Tigers get going, they they roll up the sidewalks and turn off the lights. They roll into Ironton to support the Tigers. Yeah, they sure do. But our kids like that. They like that kind of atmosphere, whether it's for them or against them. They just seem to, um, you know, enjoy that type of atmosphere. And for some reason, we play we play better when we're in those types of atmosphere. So it's good for our kids to to go play in something like that. They'd rather play an atmosphere like that to go somewhere where there's no noise and you know no one's getting excited or anything. Like I say, we went up to Parkersburg uh, this past Tuesday, and that's a nice environment when you go up there. You know, so it was pretty raucous when we went in that place. So uh, that was fun to go up there and kind of you know hear from their fans and their crowd, get on our kids a little bit, and our kids play. They love that kind of atmosphere. Coach Ron Hess of the Huntington Highlanders, always a pleasure, and um, we look forward to talking with you again throughout the course of the season. Okay, appreciate it. All right, that's head, that's head coach Ron Hess of Huntington High School. Now, before we take a break real quick, I do want to mention again, I-64 is closed between Dunbar and Institute. That's in the Canal Valley. Multiple accidents there, slick road conditions. The West Virginia Department of Transportation, Division of Highways Crews, uh, Department of Highway Crews will be out uh, treating that area. So that, that part of the interstate is closed. And again, I know that much of the state of West Virginia uh, getting a little bit of snow is kind of the first snow of the, uh, the season that's kind of stuck. So uh, that's affecting traffic out there. So definitely be careful uh, if you have to head out tonight. We'll step aside, take a break. We'll have another scoreboard update when we come back on more basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them at West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Big news out, and we have it on our website. It's the state reclassification. The complete breakdown is on our website, basketballnight.com. All classes, all regions are on the site, and the guys are going to discuss that throughout the show tonight. Again, all of the state reclassification for next year, the complete breakdown at basketballnight.com. All classes, all regions. You can find it all on basketballnight.com, along with all the scores on all 107 games happening tonight. A lot of new followers on Twitter, and we want to thank them for following us at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup on Twitter, including Scott Leonhart, Leonhart1963, Danny Tonkin, DJ Pellin, Cody Lawry, Jay Chrysler, Courtney Dawn, Todd Kimball, Criteria, Eric Knutson, Go Basketball Video, Mark and Jan at Sherman the Fourth, and Pepper Rasner. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can call us tonight, too, toll-free, 855-345-4709, 855-345-4709. You can text the show, too, and we appreciate the folks that have been giving us updates by text. That number is 304-249-4924, 304 Again, go to basketballnight.com. Check out all the scores and all the info on the state reclassification. 
Texas High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.32 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We are here with you till midnight. I'm Ryan Epling, James Collier, Bill Cornwell, all with you in studio tonight. A chilly studio, I might add. That's why I still have my sweatshirt on. I walked in, I said, it finally feels like basketball season. This place is frigid. Yeah. Uh, last week we were rolling around here, I was in sandals. Uh, a little, little, little warmer uh, attire tonight. I'm a little disappointed, uh, Ryan, that you couldn't have worked it out where we could have done the show with Preston down at the uh, Preston's girls team down at the Wild World of Sports at Disney World. You know, that'd have been a nice little road trip. Well, there was a uh, we we did work on uh, trying to uh, plan up to go with the Martinsburg boys team to Hawaii. Um, but that didn't quite work out. Uh, that that would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, remember last week uh, our first show. Uh, Rich Kozlowski is a little upset that he's not going on that trip. Either. He's on. He's on his way to Orlando. I talked to him earlier today. Okay. So, so he said he's you know he's at least going to have the the palm trees and the Caribbean feel, but uh, uh, not exactly Hawaii when, <laughs> in Orlando. <laughs> uh, um, again, a full night of basketball though on this one week until Christmas Day, and then uh, another week before New Year. So a lot of basketball will be played here over the course of the next couple of weeks. And uh, a lot of schools will be out for most of that time as well. So it'll be interesting. You get to see a lot more travel and, and teams that are uh, crisscrossing not only the state, but in some cases the country as well. It's time for a scoreboard update. And, uh, James, why don't you do the uh, boys' scores here, and then I'll knock out the girls' scores on this basketballnight.com scoreboard. A lot of new scores rolling in. Let's start first with scores out of the FCA Hoops Classic up in Parkersburg. It was Taze Valley Christian knocking off Capital 57-49. Riverside defeats Riverview 102-244. Magnolia behind Preston Boswell's 45 points defeats Brook 73-46. Pocahontas County uses 23 from Hensler to knock off East Hardy 65-60. Tharp. 22 in the losing effort. Greenbrier East a 73-54 win over Shady Spring. Caleb Ward led the way with 19 points. Willing Central and Payton City 70-26. That's a very old score. End of the third. Last time we had it, we're looking for a final on that one. Handley, Virginia knocks off Hampshire 74-67. Woodrow Wilson uses a 47-9 run after leading only 22-20 in the second quarter to defeat Hurricane, 84-48. It was University, a 40-point defeat of John Marshall, 90-50. Tyler Hart and Ethan Ridgeway, each with 12 in the winning effort. Free basketball against Tulsa and Mingo Central as the Rebels knock off Mingo Central, 47-38 in overtime. Princeton, a 73-41 win over Mercer County Academy. Logan Watkins, 14 for Princeton. Booth turns in 27 for Mercer Christian. Summers County, an 84-60 win over Ridgewood. Matt Ryan, 22. Andrew Richmond puts in 14 in the winning effort. Roan County, a two-point win over Dodgeridge County, 52-50. It was Spring Mills knocking off Grace Academy out of Maryland, 63-34. Tucker County, an 85-73 win over Petersburg. Tug Valley, an 78-56 win over Cross Lanes Christian, 
And another score still looking for an update. Lindsley was leading Buckhannon Upshur 30-28. That game was at the half as we went on the air. Final score out of the boys, South Charleston a win over Park South. 76-67, Brandon Knapper 39 points. Tamon Scruggs 16 for the Black Eagles. Day knocks in 22 for Parkersburg South. Moving on to girls high school basketball action. Preston beats Ross Shepard out of Canada. 79-27 down at the ESPN Wide World of Sports. In the FCA Hoops Classic, it was Riverview over Taze Valley, 94-40. Also in the FCA Hoops Classic, Capital Falls. It was Charleston Catholic defeating Capital tonight, 58-49. Big Ten Cardinal Conference shootout, and it's been dominated by the Big Ten tonight. Herbert, or excuse me, Liberty Harrison. This was a, a game where they had to get a, a team to match up. It wasn't a, a, card, a true Cardinal Big Ten game, but Liberty Harrison beats Independence twenty-seven to sixteen. Also tonight, Philip Barber final score over Scott sixty to twenty-six. Herbert Hoover defeats Robert C. Bird fifty-seven thirty-four. It was East Fairmont over Mingo Central, 72-33. Grafton defeating Tulsa, 72-51. Lincoln survives a, a comeback. They led Wayne by 15 at the half. They hold off the, un, the now one-loss Lady Pioneers. 54-53, unbeaten Lincoln gets the win. Polka defeats Bridgeport, 47-44. I think that might have been the first time those two schools have met since the 2001 football state final when Polka upset Bridgeport on the island. Wheeling Park defeats Oak Glen tonight, 71-42. Also, it was Grace, excuse me, Cross Lanes Christian defeating Tug Valley, 54-30. Also, girls basketball action, Petersburg Tournament, Musselman over Pendleton County, 63-42. McCannon Upshur in the Buccaneer Christmas Classic defeats Martinsburg, 62-54. Back to the Big Ten Cardinal Conference shootout. Fairmont Senior beats Chapmanville Regional 74-42. Where Chapmanville Regional making some headlines earlier this week. They found a black widow in the gym. That's not good. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Wyoming East defeats South Charleston tonight. 73-66. Gabby Lapartis, 35 points, 6 assists for the Warriors. Lena Dunham, 28 points. Aaliyah Dunham, 28 points for South Charleston. Big win tonight, though, for Wyoming East. That was a comeback win for the Warriors as well. Also tonight, Frankfurt wins the Battle of Mineral County, 67-60 over Kaiser. It was Riverside, 55, Valley Fayette, 24. Hurricane defeats Nitro, 58-39. St. Mary's over Parkersburg Catholic, 84-63. It was in, in at the end of the third quarter. It's getting closer. We'll try to get a final on this one here soon. But North Marion leading Sissonville 47-39. to And a final just in from Class A. Williamstown hangs 100 as they defeat Elk Valley Christian tonight 100-55. That's a check of your basketballfridaynight.com scoreboard. Course, thanks to all of you who make it possible to get all these scores in as well and uh, sharing them with us. And, uh, anything, Bill Cornwell, before we move yeah. on to our next caller? Got to give a call on the, on the boys' scores to Mike Smith and Tulsa. I mean, those guys two weeks ago were 
on Wheeling Island, and a very fair amount of those guys on the Tulsa basketball team were on the football team. And they've had two weeks to kind of get in football mode, get their bodies in, or, or get out of football mode, get their bodies in a basketball mode. And obviously Mike Smith was a little busy planning for a state championship football game, but he had to turn it on and coach basketball, which really kind of was, was his first uh, love anyway. I, I, of course, he, this is the second time he's been the coach at Tulsa. But uh, they get a nice win tonight over um, big rival in Mingo Central in overtime. So kudos to Mike Smith and the Tulsa Rebels. Yeah, he took them to a 1998 Class AA state championship. And, of course, they'll move down to Class A uh, next year. Someone else who's had a lot of success in Charleston over the years is Hedgesville. And the Eagles are currently off to another good start, unbeaten at four and oh and head coach kelly church joins us now and uh coach first off welcome to basketball friday night in west virginia thank you very much i uh, love the show uh certainly appreciate you guys having me on i'm flattered hey we're happy to have you of course you've had a lot of success as we mentioned as <clears> well <throat> off to a four and oh start and, and earlier this week uh, i went over broadfording christian academy tell me a little bit about that program just for those who would be unaware well, they're 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 uh, they're a they're, they're a, a fairly small private school in in, uh, in Hagerstown, Maryland, and they they recruit international players. So, like they they have, I actually am, have become pretty good friends with their their head coach, and uh, he uh, I actually spoke to their team after the game. They they are they're uh, they're six six. Uh, six seven, six four, six four, five eleven. That's how they start. And they, uh, although they're they're extremely talented, uh, they have yet to find a way to to blend all their different cultures together. They have uh, six born kids, uh, and all of them, in their own rights, are pretty good players. However, at this point, they don't they don't seem to play very well together, which is their big problem. And and their coach and I are friends, and I talk to them afterwards, and and to him and to their team, and they just. Um, you know, it's one of those things like if, you know, if you look, watch them warm up and you watched us warm up, you would have thought that, you know, it was going to be a long night for us. And it turned out really to be just the opposite. Uh, you know, what happens that you know, we, we try to pride ourselves on or, you know, it, it, I can't make our kids taller. Uh, I can't necessarily, we can in the off season do the best we can to, to make them as strong as they can be and as quick as they can be. But the, the reality of it is, man, the best thing you can do is be as skilled as you can be and play as intelligently as you can. And then with that being said, if five kids play together as one you got a lot better chance so um you know while they're a talented group of kids uh team wise uh you know i think it, it that's where we had the advantage and we had a good game well coach you you talk about that cohesiveness and i think that's something that uh it, it kind of defines your program uh, at least from a perception standpoint from someone who's uh, a long way from that program from the outside looking in uh your teams have been able to over the years dictate pace and now yeah sometimes people i, I know you've caught some uh attention with the 33 32 state championship win in 2012 which by the way no matter what anybody says that's still a state championship and uh but second off I watched, your, I watched your team in person just a couple of years ago. They could play fast. They could control tempo. They could play different styles of games within the same game. How are you able to, to work with your ball club to be able to do that? In terms, Because some teams we see, they can play fast, but they can't play a slowdown game. Uh, but your team seems to really be well, able to excel both. I, well, I think, uh, I think the, the biggest thing that, that – 
I try to instill in our kids is, is you know, uh, to be a good basketball team, you you can't only play at one pace. You be you have to be able to play at different tempos. Uh, you know, it's ironic you bring up the game. Uh, you know, uh, I'm really good friends with Coach Green at GW, and before that game, to help each other get to where we got, which was the state championship game, we'd already exchanged like six different films. Uh, so the state championship game itself, although that was 33-32, that that game wasn't necessarily a anybody holding the ball that. Year year that we were fortunate enough to win a state championship we it was the semifinal game where we where we held the ball uh qj peterson who's who was uh who's the leading scorer in the southern conference right now at vmi um cj burks who starts at marshall uh chris shields who uh plays at longwood has three division one players which you know i'm the first one to tell people part of the reason we're able to win a state championship is we had talented kids but all three of those kids were on the bench in foul trouble they all had two fouls to start the second quarter uh there is no shot clock so we decided to hold the ball uh, we passed the ball. We watched it on film. We believe it's 63 times before we shot a layup. Uh, there was only four possessions in the quarter. Um, you know, and uh, I'd be the first one to t- I tell people all the time, like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, everybody wants, everybody talks about the shot clock. I'm in favor of it. It's fine for me. Like, it, it, it helps our team defensively. Uh, now other teams that happen to be a ton more athletic can't ever hold the ball on us. So I'm fine with the shot clock. I think we're pretty good at manipulating things and getting good shots for kids. But, um, you know, in that same game, you talked about playing at different paces. In, in the second quarter, there were only four possessions of the game. Uh, I mean, in that quarter, uh, two by us and two by, uh, by Parkersburg. In the second half of that game, uh, we scored 48 points in the second half alone. It was the highest scoring second half of anybody in the state tournament that year. So while we catch some flack for it, you know, the other side of it is if you look at the numbers and look at everything else, I mean, I joke around with, like, I catch some heat because, you know, that year we lost to Martinsburg four times. And I tell everybody, I don't think we were the best team in the state that year. I think we were the we were the best team in the state tournament that weekend. Um, you know, but I, I keep looking on the state tournament trophy, and there's no asterisks. It just says state champion, so we're going to go ahead and keep it. Coach, covering Marshall University on a regular basis and going back with CJ, I want to know, how many rubber bands did you have to put around his arms to hold him down for only two possessions in that quarter? Well, it was easy because he was sitting beside me. Uh, you know, he was out, so that's why we did it. I mean, like you know, it, it, you know the the biggest thing, like uh, you know, that I can say about CJ and, and about QJ and Chris Shields as well, but but certainly those those other two we just mentioned, like you know, they're 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 you know they're they're playing Division One basketball, and uh, you know. It's sort of, you know a much different scale, obviously, but um, you know when Michael when Michael excuse my puppy when Michael Jordan when Michael Jordan went to the NBA all of a sudden he scored a ton more points because he was playing in a different type of game, but along the way I think Michael Jordan learned a lot of things that allowed him to be that good. Like you know um, we think we taught CJ how to be a disciplined young man. We taught CJ the importance of going to school and making great grades so you could have an opportunity, you know, uh, at the next level. Uh, we did the same thing with Q. Uh, and so, you know, I, my role is different than college coaches. I, I think my role is to try to prepare kids to be able to play at that level if they're good enough. Um, but with that being said, as soon as kids think they're more important or better than the rest of the team, then, you know, quite honestly, the year we won a state championship, my paycheck was no bigger than last year when we didn't have such a great year at all. So, you know, I, I think it's what we're supposed to do. And, like, program-wise for us, you know, last year, uh, Daniel Delaware, who who's at Lewisburg Junior College in North Carolina playing now, uh, had a tremendous junior year, and he broke his leg heading into his senior year. And, and when he broke his leg, 
you know, not only did did, um, did did our players' basketball shortcomings come out, which happens when you lose your your clearly best player and and, and a point guard at that, but but some of our character flaws showed up as well. And, and I'm not pointing at any one kid or individually, but but program wise, one of the things that I did poorly was, um, you know, I I, I I maybe started to feel a little bit of pressure because we had been to three or four Final Fours and we had so much success. So, uh, you know, I I I, um, I think that I got away from all those things that I think allowed us to have success in the first place, which was no matter what, we're going to be the absolute most disciplined group you've ever seen. We're going to be the hardest, you know, working team you could ever imagine. And with that being said, um, you know, we've decided that this year that's what we're going back to. Uh, you know, we, we have a, a, a great group of kids, uh, whether we're the most talented basketball players, you know, I, I don't, I don't think we are, but you know, we have some talented kids. You know, we're, we're way too little to be a, we look like a single A and don't mean in a Offensively towards any single A teams, but we, you know, we we have only a couple kids over. We have one kid over six three. I mean, we we look like a little high school basketball team. But with that being said, you know, we we think we have a chance to be okay, and we're going to work extremely hard and dive on the floor every two seconds. And you know, uh, we actually changed our style a little bit. We've been a motion team where we pass the ball sometimes numerous times and in a possession and we actually run Princeton's offense now. And it's not like I'm giving it away at the scouting. I don't care. Go watch Princeton. I mean, it's, uh, we don't kind of run it. We run every part of it. Uh, it's, you know, extremely detailed. It's taking the kids a great deal of time and effort to learn it. Um, you know, but, but they're, they're doing a good job with it. So we've had to do some things differently than we've ever done them before. But, you know, when you, you know, in our section, everybody is so, you know, there's so many talented athletic teams that, uh, you know, try to come up with something new and a little bit different. Well, Coach, uh, we always appreciate getting to talk with you and uh, definitely uh, wish you the best of luck tomorrow. You take on Fort Hill, Maryland, and uh, your team again, 4-0, Hedgesville, uh, off to a, another great start. Coach Kelly Church, uh, best of luck, and hope to get to talk basketball with you again later. This was fun. Thanks a lot. Have you guys seen and I didn't either. I actually went my son came home from, from college. So I have, my one son's a manager at Marshall and my other son actually goes to the Merchant Marine Academy, my twins and uh, and he just got home so I went out to eat. Did you guys talk about Martinsburg and Hawaii at all yet? Is that yeah, yeah we we've hit that a few times, coach, especially with uh, the snow flying around, I sixty four shut down, all the snow and ice. Yeah, we've talked yeah. about it a little bit. <laughs> Well, in our in our area, the big question, you know, of course, around here, like, well, they went to Hawaii. Are you jealous? And uh, you know, a, a few years ago, we actually went to Alaska, and so I, you know, I'm all for them going to Hawaii because I, I think next we're going to try to go to Puerto Rico. So I, I think, you know, it's one of those things you can't, you shouldn't. I think too many times we, everybody in all aspects of our life, we we spend too much time maybe being jealous of what other people have and not being uh, happy enough with what we have ourselves. So, Coach, if you need anyway, a broadcaster, really look me up. Time and. Oh yes, sir. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, my my, for the first time in a long time, all my coaches were more than willing to go scout. <laughs> Usually, I can't get them to go scout in the games, but you know they found out they're going to Hawaii, and everybody wants to go scout. So, uh, but anyway, I, I certainly appreciate you guys very much. All right, that's Coach Kelly Church of the Hedgesville Eagles boys basketball program. We've got to step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk with Gary Green, head coach of the South Charleston girls basketball team. They were in a fantastic game earlier today. As Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The big news, state reclassification. And we've got all the info at basketballnight.com. The complete breakdowns on our website. All classes, all regions are on basketballnight.com. And the guys are going to have a special discussion tonight at 11.45 about all the reclassifications. Go check it out, basketballnight.com. Also, we want you to join us online tonight and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. Tonight's question is, which boys basketball team has the best chance of repeating as state champion this year? Huntington? Polka or Magnolia. Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote, and then we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Shout out to our many new Twitter followers tonight, including Aaron Williams, Brian Robb, Ryan Haga 3, B. Marnell 772, Jennifer Showers, Jordan Richardson, Tammy Parler, Happy AJ. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Call the show tonight, 855 345 4709. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 9.53 on this Friday before Christmas here at Basketball Friday Night. James Collier, Bill Cornwell, Ryan Epling will be back with us in just a few moments. 855-345-4709. That's the number to the show. We'll have a full update of the scoreboard at the top of the hour. Also, a reminder, I-64 and all the roads out and about this evening, very treacherous. They have actually have sections of I-64 shut down due to numerous accidents, black ice everywhere. If you are out and have to be out this evening, do use caution. Give yourself extra time to get to where you are trying to arrive. And if you don't have to be out, well, just stay at home. It's much safer this evening. Let's go right back to the phone lines. Joining us there, the head coach of the South Charleston Black Eagles, Gary Green. Coach Green, uh, thanks for joining us and uh, had a great game the, tonight against Wyoming East. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here. I, I don't know how great a game it was. We were on the short end of it, but, uh, you know, it's, it was a fun game to be involved in. Well, Coach, talk about uh, you, you get an opportunity, and it's, it's one of those – awkward matchups where you have a team out of double a playing a team out of triple a but you really when you look at what wyoming east is doing that's a team right now that could come up into triple a and probably compete with the best and the best and you are one of the best of the best right now in class triple a well yeah i agree completely they uh, you know they've got uh, one of the quickest point guards that we've played against in uh, in years and uh, you know they have a six three center that probably blocked 10 or 12 shots a minimum tonight so and some great outside shooters. Uh, they're, uh, you know, they're more than competitive uh, on a triple-A basis. So, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, a real well-coached team. And, uh, you know, fundamentally they're in great shape. So, yeah, they can play with anyone in the state, I think. 
Coach, looks like Region 4, which you're located, is going to be a real dogfight again this year. Uh, you guys are off to a good start. Uh, uh, you got the win over GW, uh, a rival the other night, but uh, certainly in the region, uh, Huntington, Spring Valley are off to a big start. So already Hurricanes off to a good start. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a real um, showcase region in the state in Class AAA. Well, you know, that's correct. You know, you, you look at, uh, if you looked at the top 10 rankings and stuff, there's probably uh, five or six teams coming out of the uh, regions, at least out of the Como Valley region. Uh, of girls basketball so you know someone's not going to make it and uh you know it's uh it's the cream of the crop right now for southern west virginia is the these regions down here coach talking about your team you're you're led by two players that really go out every night they give you about 28 points before you even step off the bus Aaliyah dunham talia cashwell they had big games tonight going over 20 apiece dunham 28 cashwell 25 what is it about those two players each night that they go out and they just find a way to provide offense as well as leading this team defensively throughout the game? Well, a lot of this is their preparation. I mean, uh, those kids work hard in practice. I don't care what drill we're doing or, or what scrimmage set we're playing or defense we're practicing. Those kids lay it on the line in practice, and it carries over to the uh, – to the game situations, uh, they're just they're just winners at heart, and uh, not that our other kids aren't, but you know those two kids outwork uh, just about everybody in our program on a daily basis, and they're reaping the benefits for it. And uh, you know we're kind of in a transition period right now. We lost our starting center last year at the graduation, and we have a starter out for the year with uh, major knee surgery, and uh, one of our best defensive players that started has moved to Philadelphia. So you know we've got to get some kids to this transition period. They can come in and compliment Aaliyah and, and, and T and, uh, you know, hope that we can uh, get this thing going by the second half of the season with, the, with getting experience to some of these younger kids. So, you know, uh, and, and Talia and, and Aaliyah, they're showing tremendous leadership to these other kids. So if there's not a selfish bone in either one of those or anybody on this team, we play very unselfish basketball. So, But those two are definitely by far our leaders. And, you know, one's a senior, one's a junior. So we got Aaliyah back for this year and next year. So, uh, yeah, I'm proud of them. They both had good games tonight, and they really carried us in the GW game. Coach, how big is that early in the season to get a, an overtime win over a cross-town rival such as GW to where that is one of those type of games that you can build from the entire season, and really, especially when you try to make that, that march toward Charleston back in March? Well, you know, you, 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 know, you think early on it's, uh, it was our second game of the season and it was their third, and, you know, but to me it's critical because every game that you play if it's someone in your region or sectional, it's going to end up being a seating type situation for you. So that's the way we approach every ball game is, you know, somewhere down the line, this effort tonight is going to directly reflect the type of seating we're going to get towards the sectional regionals and get, hopefully get in the state tournament. So to and it's just a natural rivalry between the two schools, but it is a friendly rivalry. The kids know each other, and Coach Lamaster and I are friends. But you know, to get an early win early on their own floor, it's a boost for us. You know, and was, tonight was our third game in four days, and to take nothing away from Wyoming East, they are a tremendous team. But second half, you know, we were just not in the condition, and that's my fault that we should be to be able to play. Uh, that many games in that day. So we've been trying to emphasize them. You know, if you get a Wednesday draw in the state tournament, if you're fortunate enough to get there, then you got to play Friday, Saturday. So you got to be in shape to play three out of four days. So we are not at this point. But, 
you know, anytime you get a win of a, a rival that's also intersectional, uh, it's got to be huge early on. Coach, with a few games under your belt now, now you got 11 days between games, and you got to love this over the Christmas holiday. You can get to the gym and do some coaching and some teaching and just some good basic work. Yeah, you know, we were talking about it on the way home tonight, to, uh, Coach Bergen and I. You know, we're, we're going to have to go back to, uh, you know, some basic fundamentals and conditioning. Uh, you know, our kids are aware of the system. They've run the system even on the JV level for a couple years. And uh, it's just a matter now of uh, getting some repetitions in where they feel comfortable in different spots. And, uh, you know, we're so small that all these people, all of our guards, and well, basically they're all guards. We have one kid that's a – Six one center, and the rest of them are guards. So these kids have to be interchangeable as forwards and guards. And you know they're getting better at it. But you know we do have eleven days now before we play Hurricane and Capital back to back days to try to get some some repetitions in that will let them be a little bit smoother and, and play hopefully better defense. We've always prided ourselves in in pretty good team defense, and you know it's not there right now. But I, I think we have the athletes we can get it to where we need to be. Coach, one final question before we let you go. You look ahead to your schedule in the month of February. You start off with Cabell Midland, Spring Valley. You play Morgantown at the shootout in the Big House in the Charleston Civic Center. And then you close out regular season play with Huntington. How, that's a gauntlet of a schedule, but how much does that get you ready for the, the tournament push, regionals, and then hopefully a chance of getting to Charleston for that state tournament? Well, yeah, that's why we're playing the teams like Wyoming East and Morgantown, and we played Parkersburg South last year. We're playing uh, Hamilton Heights Prep School in the Huntington St. Joe tournament later this year. We, we just played uh, last uh, December 4th down at Rio Grande, played a, uh, a powerhouse team out of uh, Logan, Ohio. So, you know, it's all predicated on the fact that we need these type games to compete with the top eight teams or seven other teams if we're fortunate enough to get to state tournament. So, you know, it's not really about wins and losses. It's about getting better, and it's really about being able to get a 32-minute effort uh, day in and day out. And you get better by playing better people. So that we've set this schedule up intentionally. It reaps some benefits for, it last, for us last year. We were a young team last year. We were fortunate enough to get to the semifinals of the states. And, uh, you know, we've been down there every year, and a lot of it is directly related to us trying to play a powerhouse schedule as much as we can. Coach Gary Green, head coach of the South Charleston Black Eagles girls basketball team, thanks so much for joining us tonight, Coach, and best of luck down the road. Appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Anytime. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. We'll step aside for a break. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up. We've got Brian Johnson from WCEF, Fairmont Seniors head coach, and our basketball night standout athlete of the week, Erica Bowles. That coming up in hour number two. This is Basketball Night in West Virginia right here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates carrying basketball night on the radio. Listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 94 Rock, WRLF in Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP in Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg. 101.1 FM, WVWP in Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn, 
106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. All the big news about state reclassification you can find it on our webpage, basketballnight.com. All classes, all regions. We'll have a discussion tonight at 1145. Don't forget, participate in the poll question, too. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.05 10.05 on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're at hour two. We're with you till midnight here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Ryan Epling along with James Collier and Bill Cornwell. Happy to have you along. And guys, before we get into our next call, uh, Bill, I just want to go back to uh, what when James and, and you guys were talking there with Coach Green from South Charleston. And what a, what a game that was for both Wyoming East and South Charleston girls basketball today because uh, those are two programs that both came up short in Charleston, uh, you know, short of their ultimate goal a year ago and getting to play each other. We know Lepardis is going to end up being one of the top, probably top 50 guards in the country by the yeah. time she graduates high school, and that's being conservative there. Um, great matchup for both those teams early on and, and in the uh, – you know, to get to play at the Civic Center, big th- that's a big deal. Well, and, and uh, you heard what Coach Green said. Uh, he's going to take what he saw today, and they got a week and a half till they play next time. They're, they've learned a lot. They've, they know what they got to work on. And believe me, they're going to be spending much time in the gym over the Christmas holiday uh, getting it right, getting it together after losing the day to Wyoming East, but a good Wyoming East team. Yeah, and again, I think big things are ahead for that Wyoming East program. That was a, that was a game, that, too, that South Charleston led by double figures for much of, at least in the first half, and then kind of Wyoming East just hit you in waves, hit you in waves, hit you in waves, and they finally overtook South Charleston. That's pretty the much court. the same thing that happened last week with Wyoming East over in Boyd County at the Boyd County Round Ball Classic. They were down double figures to Boyd County on the road and Boyd County's gymnasium and come back and, and had a nice double-digit win. So uh, that team, it can it can score quick. It, it's like you said, it it can be down and then boom, you're down 12. Next thing you know, they're up 15. And, and it's one of those things they do it so quickly and it all goes through Gabby Lapartis. What a job she's doing uh, this season. We talked to her last uh, 
uh, season. She was one of our original standout athletes of the week, and I mean, she's a lot of fun to talk to. She just she knows the game, and you can talk with her. She can break it down. And for for a, a youngster in high school, she she is a student of the game, and she knows how to break it down and, and make it very understandable. And it has a lot to do with her success. And she's a sophomore. That's the crazy part, too. <laughs> Mercy. So uh, definitely be something to, to keep an eye on as we go on uh, throughout the course of the season. Brian Johnson um, is the voice of uh, Ripley, WCEF in Ripley. He joins us now. And the Vikings had a game against Nicholas County today. Brian, how'd that go? Yeah, it went really well for the Vikings. A, a nice bounce-back victory after a Pretty disappointing performance down at Hurricane on Wednesday night. Uh, Chase uh, Johnson obviously came out and then put up some huge numbers again this afternoon down at West Virginia State University. And uh, Jameson Hunt really got things started for the Vikings. The junior point guard uh, ended up the evening with 20 points and six or seven assists to go to go with Chase's big numbers. So um, you know the Vikings off to a solid start and uh, still a lot of growing to do with this team. Um, Still, relatively young basketball team when you look at them across the board, and uh, you know a lot to be excited about. Though they be back on the hardwood Tuesday night uh, down at Winfield, so another big test for them. So I know you've got to watch this program over the past, uh, you know, more than just one game over the past few years, more than one year, I should say. But are you seeing the style of change, uh, style of play change with the way Coach Faulkner likes to play? Uh, yeah, without doubt. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's been a, a little bit of a feeling out process here early on with the two bigs. Um, from time to time, they they find themselves a little bit crammed up in the paint. Uh, with, you have two six eight kids down there. <laughs> so Coach Faulkner has uh, really uh, pushed Chase out on the perimeter a little bit uh, and challenged him. And I think. Probably in the long run, that will pay off. Chase needs to learn to play on the perimeter a little bit uh, for the next level because I'm sure he'll probably be a three uh, at the college game. So uh, he knocked down a three tonight, knocked down a couple of jump shots, um, had a couple of assists. And, uh, you know, I think it'll pay off in the long run. But there, we saw a little bit of a growing pain there Wednesday night at Hurricane. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun anytime Ripley – has three kids that can actually dunk the basketball right now, and that's not something, uh, you know, we went decades without even getting a dunk, and now we're, you know, we got a dunk counter every game. So uh, it's, it's pretty exciting, and, and our uh, student section has, has really uh, brought a lot to the atmosphere at Ripley High School, and, uh, you know, the, the school's excited, the community's excited, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, and, you know, it's just going to be fun to see where this team ends up this year. We really feel like, without a doubt, they need to be at least a three seed in that section to have an opportunity to possibly make it into the tournament. So these games in the regular season become paramount for them, uh, especially conference games and then games uh, inside the section for seeding when it comes March. Brian, whenever you have a, a coach like Coach Faulkner, who when they stepped off the bus, they were in range to shoot the three-pointer at, at Elliott County. When he brings that philosophy into this game, and now you said you have two six eight guys, you've got three kids on the team that's dunking the basketball, how much more dangerous does that make this team than in years past when a lot of people, no offense, but a lot of people looked at Ripley basketball and said, all right, mark this one up as a win, we're moving on. Now Ripley's really becoming a, a dominant factor that it's not just going to be a pushover for another class AAA team. 
Well, you're right, James. Uh, I think uh, with those big guys in the middle and our ability to knock down the jump shot this year has really opened things up. Uh, Junior Eli Casto, he's shooting uh, 51% from behind the arc so far this year. Jameson Hunt, who I spoke about earlier, he's shooting just a shade over 40% from behind the arc. And, uh, you know, our, our senior guard, who we really feel is the X factor, Logan McKinney, uh, he has shot the ball really well. And his defense has, has really brought a lot to the table. But, you know, you got to be able to do it all, James. If you get, if you want to get where this team wants to get, you have to have an inside game. You have to have, be able to knock down the jump shot. The, the one place they've really struggled so far this season is from the free throw stripe. Uh, only shooting about 59%, and that's not going to get it done. Um, you know, relatively thin bench, so they can't afford to be missing free throws when they get to the line. But, you know, Coach Faulkner has definitely uh, energized this offense, and uh, he encourages those guys to shoot on the perimeter when they have open shots. And, you know, in a lot of cases, I feel like those guards have probably been a little too unselfish. They've had a lot of open shots that they've tried to force passes, entry passes into the post, and we've gotten turnovers and so forth. But I think as the season goes along, they're going to become a little more comfortable and a little more comfortable with the system and their role and probably shoot a little bit more. And when that happens, I think you'll see things open up even more for those big guys. Well, first off, Brian, I, I want to realize, uh, reassure fans that you, your name is not on the list for offensive coordinator at your alma mater at the University of Kentucky. Um <laughs> You know who's talking, no, don't you, buddy? I don't think uh, anybody wants that. And, and but first off, you know, you, 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 <laughs> hey, uh, exactly. Well, well actually, uh, actually, I'm going to put my name in, but uh, you know, we'll we'll leave that there. But Brian, Brian, Brian that that I, had to be. Um, I, I want uh, I, I want Coach Stoops to hire me as the uh, special teams coach. We we struggle a little well, bit there. Well, last you year, you, so you and you and I will go down there. My name in that hat. You and I will go down there, and we'll do a job. <laughs> I, I'll guarantee you that. But 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 seriously, uh, Brian. Uh, uh, Last week, uh, Coach Faulkner took his team to the Boyd County uh, tournament, the Round Ball Classic down there. Played a, a, a improving or improved Ashland team, and being an Eastern Kentucky kid, that had to mean a lot for, to, for Coach Faulkner to take his uh, team, just second year of his coaching, uh, back home to Eastern Kentucky and kind of show what he's doing and what he's accomplishing at Ripley. No question about it, Bill. Uh, he was excited about that and an opportunity his friends and family to see uh, what we're doing at Ripley and then on the flip side of that for Ripley to get down there and uh, be able to to play in the house that Randy Anderson coaches in and, yep. and his son Bobby plays in and uh, being a Ripley guy it was just great to spend some time with with Coach A and uh, he actually shared the the uh, dressing room with the Vikings so uh, you know certainly a, a homecoming of sorts for a lot of us but I know Coach Faulkner was extremely excited about that opportunity and he was really pleased with how his team performed down there. Uh, you know, in the past, uh, last year, the way Ashland played us, especially in the second half, I, I would have walked away from that feeling like we would have lost. Ashland really turned the pressure up and got physical with us uh, in the second half. And, and last year, the Viking team seemed to wilt when that happened. And Saturday evening down there in Boyd County, they really stepped up to the plate. They handled the full-court pressure well. And it turned into a dunk contest on the other end, and, and it, it, it was really uh, it was really fun to watch and see our kids grow up and mature in that process. And uh, they took a little step backwards Wednesday when when Hurricane did that, but uh, 
you know, I think as time continues to go on with these guys, I think they're just going to get better and better with, with each little bloody nose, I guess you would say. Um, they're going to get better and, and experience and, and hopefully bounce back from it. The rip. The Ripley Vikings 3-0, and and Brian Johnson, we appreciate you joining us. We have to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll have a scoreboard update, and we'll also talk with uh, Corey Hines, head coach of the Fairmont Senior Girls basketball team. And one quick reminder, I-64 looks like a parking lot in Dunbar, guys, so be careful. It's closed down between Dunbar and Institute. We'll be back with more basketball Friday night in West Virginia after this. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for a video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. All it takes is one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. And, of course, don't forget, we're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Big news tonight, state reclassification. We have a complete breakdown on our website at basketballnight.com. All classes, all regions, it's all on basketballnight.com. We'll have a discussion with the guys tonight at 1145, and they'll talk about the state reclassification. That's the big news. It's on our website, basketballnight.com. Also, we want you to answer our poll tonight. You've got till 11.45 to make your vote. The question tonight, which boys basketball team has the best chance of repeating as state champion this year? Huntington, Polka, or Magnolia? Again, which boys basketball team has the best chance of repeating as state champion this year? Huntington, Polka, or Magnolia? You've got till 11.45 tonight, and we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening, and you'll have a new question for next week. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. There's no better place to be than right here. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10-18 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and it definitely is a basketball-type feel to it. That's because it's snowing outside throughout much of the area. Again, I-64 shut down between Dunbar and Institute near Charleston. Um, I know a lot of people are in the Charleston area. They're involved in high school basketball with the Big Ten Cardinal Conference shootout, the FCA uh, yeah, Matt, Matt Welch has been there all day, and I saw a tweet he just put out. He said, well, I think I'll just sit here for a little bit. And uh, Derek Taylor from uh, Charleston Gazette Mail, he said he got on 64. He got right back off and said, I'll sit here for a bit. Probably the smartest move he's made all day. And Eric Little, who does uh, play-by-play with, uh, with Parkersburg in the Parkersburg area, Parkersburg South. He's sitting in that mess as well. He's going to be there for a while. Yeah, you guys are going to be there for a while. And uh, certainly, uh, if you don't have to be out 
try not to be, but if you are, definitely be safe the, out there. The Dunbar Bridge is the, the picture we saw from the West Virginia Department of Highways website looked like a skating rink. We could have had a hockey game on that bridge. Well, what's bad is that I, I'm looking at their website and looking at a live video nothing's moving yeah it's just it is complete nothing eastbound is moving now there is some westbound traffic that, that that's slowly but not, creeping not through much. but eastbound still uh not doing a whole lot right now though uh the fairmont senior girls basketball team is in the area or was at least earlier today and uh they were in action in the fca big uh the big 10 not fca but the big 10 cardinal conference shootout and fairmont senior got a win in that classic today over chapmanville regional 74 42 Corey hines head coach of the polar bears joins us and coach congratulations on your win today all right well, thank you guys thank you very much how is traffic you where you are oh well right now we slow creeping up the interstate you know so we want everybody out there you know I want to let everybody's parents know that I got the kids safe this time. We got a great bus route, and we slow creeping right now, so uh, we should be home <laughs> probably tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> but no, tell them, tell them their kids safe and sound, and I fed them, so I don't want anybody to be upset. But we, we're going to be okay. All right, good to hear. Good to hear. And uh, from a basketball standpoint, a good win today too—a uh, thirty-point win over Chapmanville Regional. A game that uh, really the last three quarters of the game you guys really, really took control of. Uh, yes, uh, kids played really, really hard. Um, uh, I was very proud of the effort, especially starting from the second, first quarter. You know, uh, just getting off the bus. You know. Uh, we started off a little slow, um, but that happens like when you have a young team. And um, but we was able to, you know, get into a flow and kind of play the type of game we wanted to play. You started the season with two losses, and let's put that in perspective: you lost to Morgantown and Southern Garrett, Maryland, and those are two outstanding basketball programs. Uh, now have come back and won three in a row, uh, including a big win over North Marion. And, and North Marion, I think, opened some eyes with the way they handled Sissonville, the reigning state champions, today. And, and you guys had a six-point win over North Marion uh, a little bit more than a week ago. Uh, happy with where your team has progressed to this point? Um, I, I know if a lot of people think about it. Usually with us, if we start off like 1-2 and two or 0-2, oh we usually end up, end up getting on a run. So that was same, kind of like the same way we started last year. Uh, I used to, I, I like to try to play a lot of tougher teams in the very beginning. Uh, it shows us what we have to work on, and it also uh, lets you know that you know uh, when you play tough teams, you, anyone can get beat on a given night. So uh, that's kind of like the way we start. That kind of what works for us. I know some people take it the opposite route and they'll try to play uh, teams like you know teams that they feel that they can beat to try to build momentum up early but like I said we want to be the best team in February at the end of February going into March and I think that's I think that's what works for us your ball club a little bit of a different look this year uh had an outstanding run to the uh in the state tournament last year as well but uh this year kind of a little bit of a, a little bit of a turnover there with uh with, with some players but uh how uh how some of the newer girls stepped in to this point um, I like all my young kids. I'm very proud of them. Uh, like right now, we have one senior, which is Tyra Horton, and uh, she's running the show. Uh, 
she's been starting for us for like three years, and I got two juniors, uh, Erica Bowles and uh, Abby Stoll, and they're doing a great job. And then, and then I got you know a lot of sophomores and freshmen. I got you know uh, Enzo Delorenzo, Cali's uh, Bob, you know Haley. And you know we got some freshmen coming in and they're contributing, and like Anissa George and you know uh, Courtney Wilfong. So we we have you know a real young team leadership. So that's one thing. But um, uh, and then it is a different look because we got to replace a lot of points and a lot of assists. Um, but the one thing that I you know tell people that we play, the one thing I will not replace is our defensive intensity. I want to keep that no matter who I have playing. So. Um, our motto doesn't change. It's still play good D and layups are the key. We feel the team that gets the most layup opportunities are going to be the team that's in the best position to win the game. And that's what we have some of our young people. They're starting to get accustomed to it. Um, and, and, you know, starting to, you know, generate turnovers from another team and we're starting to get up and down the floor. Well, Coach, we congratulate you on that win today and uh, best of luck uh, moving forward. Uh, got a game against Philip Barber. Uh, coming up uh, next week and uh, then uh, the Christmas break. So I uh, hope you have a good uh, holiday break, and uh, we'll definitely get to talk with you again in the new year. I surely appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, that's Corey Hines, head coach of the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears girls basketball team. And now that brings us, James, to our standout athlete of the week. Now this week's standout athlete of the week from Fairmont Senior High School is Erica Bowles. Erica, a junior and the first three games out this season, she put 17 in the bucket against Morgantown, had 10 against Southern Garrett, 19 against North Marion. She's a participant in Relay for Life and her freshman and sophomore seasons. She's also a volunteer at the Bellevue, Bellevue Community Park Renovations, as well as a fundraiser for the American Cancer Society. This week's Basketball Night Standout Athlete of the Week, Erica Bowles, and she joins us now. Erica, first off, congratulations on the, uh, on the award. Let's talk about, first off, your your time at Fairmont Senior High School. You're a junior there, a GPA of 3.7. You do so much community work for the area around there. What is it that you enjoy getting out into the community and just trying to help others that may not be able to get out and do things for themselves? Um, I enjoy, like, helping people as much as I can and seeing smiles on their faces. So anything I could do to help. Um, I like to get involved in the community and everything. I know she helped bring a smile to her coach's face, too. Uh, we just had, had Coach Gaines on. And, and, and Eric, I believe, just a little bit further back in the bus, perhaps, uh, tonight, uh, talking with us here on the, on the phone tonight. But uh, we talked with Coach Gaines about the win over North Marion. That was uh, – a little bit earlier this season, uh, last week. Uh, and uh, that was a game you had 29 points, 10 rebounds, and four steals in that win over the Huskies. Highly thought of North Marion team. And I think that basically, was that a game where you guys kind of wanted to let everyone know, hey, yeah, we did lose a, a couple of really good players to graduation from a year ago, but we're not going anywhere? Um. Well, every time we play North Marion, our team gets so excited, and we just all have a really good mindset when we play them. And um, when we played North, we just we when we played North, we all came out and just played our hardest, and everyone contributed in different ways. And I was really proud of my team for the win. That was a great one for us. 
Erica, we were told to ask you this question. We talked with uh, Jared West, head coach from Notre Dame, and he said, ask her what her nickname is. So we will allow you to share that with us and as well as all of our listeners and viewers here on Basketball Friday Night. Um, that's really embarrassing. Uh, yeah, his nickname that he gave me is Ebola, and he he says that. Well, he says, okay, my name's Erica Ebola, so it sounds like Ebola. I was working out with him one night, and he said, I give you that nickname because you're often like a deadly virus. That's how that oh, I love it. I love it. So so you, you have something terrible, he turns it into something great, and he just kind of sticks. So um, talk about last season. You, you make the run into the state tournament. Um, what experience was that like for you as a sophomore, and how much do you take that and build from that going into this season of trying to get back? Um, my sophomore year was great. We had a great team, and we went on a great run. And um, – it was hard losing in the championship game for everyone, but it just gave us another reason to go back in the gym and get better and better. And that's what our team did this summer. So we're really trying to play our best this year. Well, Erica, how's your role changed from last year to this year with with this with this particular team? Um, there's a lot more pressure this year than last year, I guess. Um, have to step up and be more of a leader to the team. Well, Erica, congratulations on uh, being our standout athlete of the week, and congratulations on your win today over Chapmanville Regional. We certainly wish you the best of luck throughout the rest of the season. And uh, Ebola, that will be a nickname that will stick around for a while. Thank you. All right, that's Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior, our standout athlete of the week. We have to step aside, take a break. We come back, and we promise you we'll get you that scoreboard update, and we'll also hear from Wes McKinney, the voice of the Princeton Tigers, when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Emily Stoller, Fairmont Senior. Mackenzie Barker, Clay County Lady Panthers. Jared West, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Jadarian Wade, Parkersburg Big Reds. Gage Wicks, Williamstown Yellow Jackets. Gavin Nichols, Clay County Panthers. Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. And Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Bees. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out, basketballnight.com. 
There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And thank you for joining us and giving us all the updates on your team scores tonight. Go over to our website, check out the state reclassification. We've got all the big news right on the website. A complete breakdown, all classes, all regions on basketballnight.com. At 1145, the guys are going to talk about the entire breakdown and how it impacts all the teams here in the state. For scores online, all of them, visit basketballnight.com. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 10.32 here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Bill Cornwell with you. We hope to have the Coach Rick Marone with us a little bit later on. He's having to deal with all the weather issues up in the uh, Canal Valley as well. And uh, certainly... uh, Everyone who's up in that area, I-64 eastbound shut down um, because of uh, icy conditions between Dunbar and Institute. And uh, I can tell you right now, looking at the camera from Dunbar facing into South Charleston, <laughs> 64 still. There, there's several people line. that is dealing with that as we speak. You, you can start humming walking in a winter wonderland as you look at that picture because it looks very wintry. Yeah, we're going to talk with Wes McKinney of the Princeton Tigers uh he, he's the voice of the press Tires in just a moment. But first, let's get another check to the basketballnight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Final scores. And a few games still in progress tonight. Final Independence defeats Liberty Raleigh 78 60. That was in the Shady Spring tournament. Martinsburg is in the Nike tournament in Hawaii. Their game hasn't started yet. But remember, it's in Hawaii. They will start before we get off the air. This is just like late afternoon right now. (laughs) We'll be fast asleep by the time they start. Yes. Also, final score tonight, Taze Valley defeats Capital 57-49. To be clear, that's Taze Valley, the prep team uh, at Taze Valley Christian. Riverside beats Riverview 102-44 in the FCA Hoops Classic. Down in Princeton tonight, it was Pike View defeating Mount View 52-51. Magnolia 73, Brook 46, Preston Boswell almost outscored Brook on his own. 45 points tonight for the Blue Eagles. Pocahontas County defeats East Hardy 65-60. It was Toronto, Ohio defeating Oak Glen 63-44. Greenbrier East defeats Shady Springs 73-54. Jefferson over Sarando, Virginia 59-51. It was Ripley over Nicholas County, 69-39. Vikings get the win. Wheeling Central at the end of the third quarter. We are looking for an update on this one. But the end of the third quarter was leading Payton City, 70-26. to Also finals from tonight, Greenbrier West defeats Meadow Bridge, 62-57. Hanley, Virginia over Hampshire, 74-67. Woodrow Wilson goes on a 47-9 run. And runs Hurricane out of the gym. 84-48. The final, the Flying Eagles get the win. University beats John Marshall by 40. Final score tonight, 90-50. The Man Hillbillies defeat Greater Beckley Christian, 75-71. Tulsa over Mingo Central, 47-38 in overtime. Parkersburg defeats Cavill Midland tonight, 67-47. 
It was Princeton over Mercer. If that's Mercer Christian Academy, 73-41. We just want to make sure that we get Mercer Christian. And uh, yeah, yeah, I got it right. You got it right. I got it right. <laughs> Forgive me there. It's a little. We're, we're still early in the season. It's cold. And it is cold. Summers County defeats Richwood tonight, 84-60. to It was Roan County over Doddridge County, 52-50. Grace Academy from Maryland took on Spring Mills. The Cardinals of Spring Mills get the win, 63-34. Tucker County defeats Petersburg, 85-73. Tuck Valley a winner tonight over Cross Lanes Christian, 78-56. Belfry, Ohio defeats Wahama, 70 70- the 53. Other boys scores tonight. Lindsley at the half leads Buchanan Upshur 30 to 28. We'll look for an update from that one. South Charleston defeats Parkersburg South tonight 76 67. 39 points for Brandon Knapper in the win. It was Parkersburg over Cabell Midland 76 47. Also in boys basketball. Again, that's a that's a repeat here. Tug Valley beats Cross Lanes Christian by 22. James, you have a check for the girls' score. Let's go to the girls' scoreboard. We'll start with Preston out of AAA down in the ESPN Wild World of Sports. 79-27 out of Ross Shepard out of Canada. Liberty Harrison has a 27-16 win over Independence. Riverview knocks off Taze Valley Christian 94-40 in the FCA Hoops Classic. These next three, actually next six scores coming out of the Big Ten Cardinal Classic. It was Philip Barber over Scott, 60 to 26. Herbert Hoover defeats RCB, 57-34. East Fairmont knocks off Mingo Central, 72-33. Grafton defeats Tulsa, 72-51. And Lincoln with a one-point win over Wayne, 54-53. Another score out of that FCA Hoops Classic up in Parkersburg, Charleston Catholic defeats Capital, 58-49. GW winners over John Marshall, 42-34. It was Willing Park, a winner over Oak Glen, 71-42. Bishop Donahue, 60. Cameron, 47. Musselman, a 63-42 win over Moorfield in the Petersburg Tournament. In the Dodgeridge Tournament, Notre Dame, a 52-20 victory over Ritchie County. Cross Lanes Christian defeats Tug Valley, 54-30. Buckhannon Upshur moves past Martinsburg in the Buccaneer Christmas Classic, 62-54. Bishop Donahue knocks off Cameron, 62-47. It was Fairmont Senior over Chapmanville, 74-42. In the big game of the night, Class AA Wyoming East knocks off Class AAA South Charleston, 73-66. Gabby Lopartis, 35 points, 6 assists in the win. Leah Dunham, 28 points. Tia Cashwell, 25 for the Black Eagles in the losing effort. A seven-point win for Frankfurt over Kaiser, 67-60. Riverside eases past Valley Fayette, 55-24. A two-point victory for Greenbrier or Greater Beckley Christian, excuse me, 37-35 over Oak Hill. Hurricane, a nice win over Nitro, 58-39. Park Catholic falls to St. Mary's, 84-63. Alexis Saunders, 19 points. For Park Catholic. Williamstown hits the century mark, nearly doubles up Elk Valley Christian 102-55. North Marion 61, Sissonville 48, and Oak Glen over Willing Park, or oh, falls to Willing Park 71-42. Also, we are in search of followers for the Hoops Rounder, Hoops Roundup account. We're trying to get to 2,000 before we turn the new year. We're nearing 1,900. 
Head over to hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. If you're not a follower, give us a follow and also go to basketballnight.com for this week's poll question, which we will give the results at 1145. Give the new result, new question for the week. This week's question, which class or which boys team has the best chance of repeating as state champion? That's up until 1145 this evening over at basketballnight.com. Thank you very much, James. The Princeton Tigers boys basketball team is currently 4-0 and after their win today over Mercer Christian. And joining us now is Wes McKinney. He's the voice of the Tigers. And, uh, Wes, good start for Princeton. Yeah, guys, but before we get to the Tigers, I just have a couple of things I'd like to raise. First off, how good is Beckley boys right now? They're just running over everybody. And then secondly, what do you got to do to get to Hawaii if you're Martinsburg? Because I'd like to go on that trip. <laughs> we've already <laughs> talked to that. We're doing everything we can. We may do. We need. We need to do like a, a special affiliate show from Hawaii so we can make certain we cover that <laughs> at, at the best extent that it can be covered. Exactly, guys. But uh, Ryan, you mentioned Princeton off to a four and start, and. Uh, and, and, you know, Princeton's done it a variety of ways. The season opener, they they grinded out a win against uh, Shady Spring, held them to 39 points. They were uh, they only had 15 points at halftime of that game. Princeton, uh, so uh, they grind out a win. They play a somewhat up-and-down game against East Fairmont. Neither team shot really well. It was just a little bit out of control uh, almost last Saturday in the home opener. They beat rival Bluefield, which is always the big deal. Around these parts, uh, 60 to 45 on it Tuesday night. And then tonight, a feisty, uh, playing with the chip on their shoulder Mercer Christian team comes in and, and kind of, uh, put up a fight with Princeton for, for two quarters. And then, and then Princeton made some adjustments at halftime and outscored MCA 42 to 14 in this, in the second half of tonight's game. But, uh, you know, Ryan and guys, you can see that, that each player on Princeton's squad this year has has a defined role. Colton Fix, he's going to drop to the rim. He's going to get other people involved. He's going to kick out the shooters. Jacob Whittington is going to be the guy knocking down the threes. Cole Cochran's kind of your hustle guy. Garrison Hartwell is going to eat the rebounds. He He's going to use his muscle and his girth to, to bull his way to points. So, so you can see each player on this Princeton team has a defined role. And right now, through four games, each player is playing that role. I know a lot was expected out of that Bluefield ball club and, and seeing Princeton get the 15-point win there, that was kind of the one that was a, an eye-opener in terms of, of this ball club. Was, did they turn some type of corner there, perhaps? Yeah, Ron, you know, I think that, I think that Princeton, um, you know, that they really frustrated Bluefield because uh, Bluefield has a lot of athletes, as you know, and, and they don't have the shooters that they normally would with Anthony Eads and folks like that in past years. And Princeton just came out in a 2-3 zone. It wasn't anything fancy. And and they just dared Bluefield to try to shoot them out of the gym. And there was only one kid that was able to knock down three points for Bluefield. And, and, and it really just kind of stifled Bluefield. And by the time that they figured it out, the Beavers, that is, it was almost – too late, and we talked about it on air on Tuesday night. That with Bluefield, you always, always have to withstand a four or five minute stretch where they're just going to force you into mistakes. They're going to hit shots and they're going to make easy shots off of transition. And Princeton, Princeton matched Bluefield blow for blow in the third quarter. Whenever the Beavers appear to be making a run, Princeton, I believe, had a nine point lead at halftime of that game, and Bluefield got it to within six. And Princeton just matched them. The score in the third quarter was 18 to 18. 
in the third quarter of that game, and when and Bluefield used that four or five minute stretch that we're so accustomed to seeing from the Beavers, and by the time we got to the fourth quarter, Bluefield was absolutely gassed because they they don't have a bench like they normally do, and they didn't use the bench of what they do have in that third quarter, and they were just gassed. And, and Princeton hats off to the Tigers. They they played they executed a perfect game plan against Bluefield's athleticism on Tuesday night. Wes, uh, of course, Princeton out of the MSAC now and uh, uh, looking at the schedule that Coach Gilliard and, and the, the staff from the school put together, it's a, a nice mixture of AAA and AA teams for the most part, very handable. And I think the best part, obviously, for Princeton and for you guys is uh, geographically it's a much better fit for you. Absolutely, Bill. You know, I, uh, you know, I looked at the schedule back when it came out um, – in the late summer there, and, and I, I was a little bit skeptical of the schedule myself, and then I got to read some of what Ernie Gilder was saying in the in the paper, and it, and it geographically, like you said, makes perfect sense for Princeton, and and they and they're not going to see the the South Charlestons and the Capitals and the Huntingtons of the world that have just phenomenal talent at the AAA level, but but Coach Gilliard, I thought he did a nice job of mixing in geographical opponents. And then also making sure that his team is tested, you know, to be ready for a sectional play. I mean, they're still going to play um, a Bluefield team twice this year. They're still going to play a Westside team twice. They're still going to play a really good Logan team twice. They're going to play Greenbrier East twice. And they're going to get most likely at least one or perhaps two quality opponents of the Big Atlantic Classic. So I, I really got to credit Ernie Gilliard for putting together this schedule. I mean, I'm going to miss seeing you guys over in the MSAC in the Canal Valley, but Ernie Gilliard, I thought, has done a phenomenal job of putting his schedule this year together. Well, the the, the mileage on the car will uh, will feel a little bit better too. Absolutely, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I am going to miss seeing uh, a James and Bill at uh, at Spring Valley and over there in the Canal Valley, but at at the same time, a a nice little. Uh, 15 minute drive to Pikeview beats the heck out of a three hour trip to Huntington. Yeah. Well, Princeton will take on Pikeview tomorrow, correct? In the uh, championship game of the tournament? Yeah. 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 And, and Princeton, you know, was able to rest a lot of their starters for the majority of the second half of tonight's game while Pikeview had to grind out a, a an overtime win against Mountview. So, uh, as far as rest and stuff like that goes, Princeton should, should have the upper hand, but. I saw the second half of that Pikeview game, and, and Pikeview's a team that just is a gritty team. They're a, they're a very aggressive team, and, and they never give up. So I'm interested to see how Princeton matches up. And Pikeview, not a lot of size, um, but but very, very big in the backcourt, I, I noticed tonight from the Panthers. So it should be a really good game. And, and I mentioned the Bluefields in the west side, but Pikeview has been really close to making some state tournaments over the last two or three years as well. So I think this is going to be a really good matchup for Princeton tomorrow night. Wes McKinney, voice of the Princeton Tigers. Always a pleasure, man. Yes, sir, guys. Take care. All right. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from Zach Bogan, the head coach of the Charleston Catholic girls basketball team. And our resident referee is in queue and ready to go. We'll have him as well when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
High school basketball action in West Virginia's heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local teams and their progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball throughout West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Call toll-free 1-855-345-4709. 855-345-4709. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Text the show 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. Also on basketballnight.com, big news, the state reclassification. It's on the homepage of basketballnight.com. All classes, all regions are on the site. We'll have a discussion about it tonight at 1145. The complete breakdown is at basketballnight.com. All classes, all regions. No better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 1049 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Yes, we are definitely, uh, we still do our research right up until the, the music bed plays. How's that? That's what sometimes you have to. Yeah. This show, what, what people may not understand about this show is the preparation for this show sometimes takes place in the midst of the show. <laughs> But that's journalism at its best. So. Doing it, it on the fly, boys. Yeah, doing it on the fly. And, and, and we did some investigative uh, journalism there just a moment ago, and that's not really anything that you guys at home would be interested in. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, head coach of the Charleston Catholic Girls basketball team, Zach Bogan, joins us now. And, Coach, first off, thanks for, for hanging in there with us. Uh, uh, no uh, weather in the Kanawha Valley, not all that nice tonight. Yeah, it's uh, pretty nasty. Uh, I'm actually stuck up at our gym. I went to watch our boys play tonight against uh, Huntington St. Joe's, and the hill up here is extremely icy, so there's about 200 people still stranded up here at the gym waiting for the hill to be cleared. So, got nothing but time. Well... Uh, well, first off, I want to ask you about that game that you, you attended, uh, the Charleston Catholic St. Joe uh, game, the boys game. How did that go tonight? Uh, St. Joe's ended up winning by 20. I don't remember the final score. I think it was 66-46 maybe. Um, it was big game early. Um, St. Joe's started pressing midway through the first quarter and really kind of turned the game around from there. Um, our boys struggled with that a bit. Um, they, they've got a bunch of good guards. 
some size inside. The boys' team at St. Joe's is very, very talented. All right, now now we can get back to talking about your ball club and, and your team. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that eventually, right? But um, no, we, we appreciate that because we, we, <laughs> yeah, we were trying to track down a boys' scorer there. And, uh, if everyone's trapped on the hill, that explains why there's been very little information come out of there just yet. But um, yeah, yeah, your girls team off to another fantastic start uh, uh, this year, and of course that's a program that uh, that become a, a mainstay in Charleston. And now with the regional alignment, sometimes uh, it can be difficult to get through there right now, but uh, still a, a excellent uh, start to the season. Yeah, the the girls are playing really well. Um, we jumped out to a four and one start. Um, you know, playing well, beating some good teams. Um, our loss was uh, to a tough team, uh, Lucasville Valley High School in Ohio. Um, you know, we're working hard every day, trying to get better. And the, the sky's the limit for this group. They really um, have bought into what we're preaching, and we keep seeing that improvement each and every game. Well, big win today over Capital, fifty-eight forty-nine. And um, while while Capital has its struggles at the AAA level, that's still a, a, a much bigger school, obviously, and uh, one that's had a good girls program over the years as well. And uh, getting a win over that type of team, I know that that's a big deal for you, especially within the city of Charleston. Yeah, we um, were actually down our starting point guard. She was out sick, um, so. We knew it was going to be a tough test going in. Um, Capitals got a lot of good players. They've got a lot of size. They're much bigger than we are. So we knew coming in that the challenge was going to be to handle their pressure and handle their size inside and still do what we wanted to do out on the floor. And our girls did a really good job. And we built a lead early. Capital came back. And we were able to withstand that and pull away there at the end. So I was really proud of our effort today. Looking at the, the big picture around the state in class single A this season, Coach, uh, uh, big um, big challenge for you and all the other single A coaches trying to stop that juggernaut that Shannon Lewis has going at, at, up at St. Joe as they just keep rolling with championship after championship. Uh, obviously a big task for all the single A coaches trying to overcome that again this year. Yeah, they they obviously have set the standard in in single A basketball that you know everyone kind of knows that that's the team, um, and you know it's going to take a great effort to beat a team like that. They they have a fantastic team again this year, and you know we we try not to worry too much about that right now. We take things one day at a time, one game at a time, and we hope that you know by the end of the season we're at a point where you know whenever we match up against them that we put our best foot forward. We play whatever happens happens. But you know, we like to think that if if we come out and do what we can do, that we could give them some trouble. And you know, if things go the right way, we can come out with a win. Um, but it's definitely a tall task, and many teams have tried over the past few years, and most have failed. So um, it's obviously a big task. But but we're excited, you know, about the opportunity, and hopefully down the line we get that. Coach, looking ahead at your schedule, um, and, and correct me here if I'm wrong, but uh, it appears that uh, no games until after Christmas, so basically a, a week and a half off before you take on Wayne on December 30th, and then not another game until January mm-hmm. 9th. Those big gaps concerning? Um, yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough when 
when you don't have them in the gym and it's tough when you're not playing games to stay sharp. Um, at the same time, it's, it's nice to be able to give the girls some time off. Um, we've had a few injuries and some illnesses here and there. So to be able to get healthy over these next couple of weeks will be big. And we told them going into the game today that over the next three games, we'd find out a lot about our team playing capital, playing winning, and then playing Gilmer County has had a great start to, to their season as well. Coach Zach Bogan of the Charleston Catholic Irish, four and one, winners of four consecutive games, including a nine point win over Capital today. Congratulations on that win. Good talking to you and uh, wish you the best of luck. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Always a pleasure to, to speak with, with Coach Bogan. And uh, that, that's obviously a, a Charleston Catholic program that, that prides itself on challenging itself, and uh, it continues to do so. With that, uh, whatever capital. Look, looking at their schedule, kind of interesting. They played St. Joe in regular season in the past. In fact, kind of a home and home. And it's been a kind of a regular feature. But he does not have St. Joe on his regular season schedule this year. He does have Wheeling Central. He however. does have Wheeling Central, and and he has another AAA opponent coming up in George Washington in January. And George Washington, a, a very good. One as well, and, and I do want to also mention. Uh, I'm talking about how difficult it can be to get to Charleston. Well, Charleston Catholic was there last year, and the year before. They missed the tournament in 2013, but basically they've been there every year for about the last decade. But remember, except before, for 2013. Remember before St. Joe uh, got their role going, Catholic was one of the dominant girls' teams and was very successful at the state tournament. Yeah, they won the 2007 yes. Class A state title. Uh, a team that went twenty four and two, and uh, and I, I'm just looking back through, and if you just look at state tournament participants, I mean from 2005 through 2014, actually 2004 they made it as well. So 2004 through 2013, Charleston Catholic made it uh, every year, and then made it again in 14 and 15. So still a difficult region, I promise. But oh, yeah. <laughs> they've been they've been part of the reason why it's been so difficult. But now that takes us to our resident referee. Bo Anderson is with us here on the Fast Break Sports Network here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, Bo, we hope you aren't having to uh, sit in traffic somewhere right now uh, with the uh, interstate shutdowns, including I-79 southbound now shut down near Elk. You just want to mention that as well. So the Canal Valley is right now at a standstill. Hopefully you weren't involved in that tonight, Coach. Um, Coach, not coach. No, referee. He's far from I am coach. <laughs> now wait a minute. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, I just got teed up. <laughs> That's a technical foul right there. <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, I'll tell you what. And Ryan, you have jinxed me because I am sitting in traffic. Uh, I just got back from Roan County, and I'm at Charleston, and all I can see is brake lights for miles. And uh, I'm not sure how long I'm going to be sitting here. Uh, in Roan County, uh, whenever I come out from my game tonight, it uh, was black ice almost all the way over to Ripley coming back to get to the interstate. And uh, it is uh, extremely treacherous tonight, and there's been lots of accidents. So anybody that's on the road really needs to be careful tonight. Bo, Bo, do you want the good news or the bad news about your traffic situation? 
Uh, well, you know, I figure I'll actually have a game in the morning up here at West Virginia State. So turn, turn around and go back. <laughs> Find a hotel room. And, yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. It may end up happening. Who knows? You know, that's part of officiating is not just, you know, people don't understand, not just the teams, but the officials getting to and from the games. And a lot of times the officials have to travel a lot farther, and people don't understand that uh, we get in more messes than anybody, I think. Well, I just want to let you know we're looking at the live cam at Dunbar, and I think we've been watching the same few vehicles sitting there for about the last hour. Uh, there, there is a slight bit of movement, but not much. So just, uh, just letting you know what you're getting yourself into uh, there tonight. It's uh, pretty much a, a standstill through, uh, through that part of the state. But uh, I'll open this up to uh, James real fast. Uh, James, have you come across anything for our resident referee? The only one that I, I, I've seen so far this week, it was one of those crazy things to where a player had control of the basketball, started to attack, and went to make a pass. It was almost like a lob pass that completely airmailed the intended person. The ball goes over top of the player, and the person making the pass tracked down the basketball before it hit the court, and then basically at that point took off with the basketball again. Is that a traveling violation or, or anything of that fact because they stopped with the basketball, made a pass basically to themselves or their self, and then took off with the ball again? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that would and could be uh, deemed traveling. You cannot obviously pass the ball to yourself. Uh, it's, you know, it's a matter of judgment of, of you know, a fumble. Uh, and again, here we go with like the pickup rules. Another example of that is a player who goes up to shoot a shot and the ball slips out of his hands or her hands. And then after that comes back down and catches the basketball, that, that is not traveling in that case. Uh, you have to understand whether it was a fumble or if it was a real pass and then they ran and got it. Obviously you can't do that. That's traveling. Uh, and in that case, uh, that sounds like that would be a uh, whistle or a traveling violation. But, you know, it's, again, some judgment on the fumbling versus the traveling. Obviously, if you go up and shoot a shot and then you intentionally drop the ball and come back down, you've traveled. And people ask why that's traveling when you do that. Uh, and first of all, in order to start a dribble, because some people have thought that when you jump up in the air, and you see you can get your shot blocked, so you intentionally drop it or start dribbling. Well, it, you have to know that rule that is you've got to let go of the ball out of hand before you can pick the pivot foot up. And obviously, if you're in the air, both feet are off the ground, and you have picked the pivot foot up before you started to dribble. So in that case, yes, that would be traveling. You can't pass the ball to yourself, and you can't throw it and say, uh-oh, somebody else is going to get it. i got to run and get it first. Uh, that that case would be a traveling violation. All right, Bo, one other one. Then that this one happened, and we'll do this one very quickly as we're up against a break. What is the rule across the board, if it is across the board, about if a player leaves the bench area? Uh, once, it, like, say, if a, a scrum breaks out on the court and a player leaves the bench area, is there a gray rule that is written amongst referees, or is it pretty much black and white in the rules? If you leave the bench, you, it's an it's an ejection. 
That that is correct. The the rule is anyone on the bench who leaves the bench during the fight, the only person that is allowed to come onto the court during a fight is the head coach. He doesn't have to be beckoned. He can come out to help without being beckoned. Everyone else needs to stay on the bench. Couple of things. If everyone you know, if players go on the floor, all those players or any assistant coach will be ejected. Now, there's two things, and I'll try to explain this quickly. Players who come on the floor and don't participate, they're all ejected from the game. The coach is only charged with one indirect technical foul, even though it might be five or six players. Players come on the floor and participate in the fight, then it is an indirect technical foul for each participation. And if he gets three of those indirect technicals, he is ejected as well. And then shooting shots, you have to balance the odds. If two go out for one team and don't participate, and three go out for the other team and don't participate, you've got an extra one there. So, therefore, the team that only had two go out would get the two shots for the technical. It's a very, uh, you know, especially when you're refereeing the game, if you have the unfortunate of something like that happening, it's a, it's a very uh, tough rule to understand. But anybody that leaves the bench outside of the head coach during a fight is automatically ejected from the game. Bo Anderson, our resident referee, we always appreciate your time. Be safe out there tonight, buddy. Hey, I appreciate it. I really enjoy this show. I appreciate you having me every year, and uh, I'm seeing a lot of red lights, so I guess I'm going to be here a while. You're ready to travel. You can just go straight to the arena for tomorrow morning's game because I think that's about the time you'll get there. Well, it, it's looking that way, but <laughs> my other problem is I've got another game tomorrow night. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, that's our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Again, we always appreciate him taking time out to talk with us. We'll step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll get you a scoreboard update, and we'll hear from Craig Dutt, Seven Ranges Radio, and what's the St. Mary's High School? That's all when we come back on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight and we'll share the voting results. Our poll question, which boys basketball team has the best chance of repeating as state champion this year, Huntington, Polka, or Magnolia? Again, you've got till 1145 tonight to vote. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 94 Rock, WRLF, and Fairmont. Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP Spencer. 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington. 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg. 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, 
98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZ LP Edmund Beckley. 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay and Marshall University's flagship station 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers in the Huntington region can find basketball Friday night on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video could be found on our website, basketballnight.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click Listen Live. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Into the final hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. It's 11.08 here on the program. Ryan Epling, James Collier, and Bill Cornwell with you. The fastest three hours in radio, and we've only got a little more than 50 minutes left. Um, we'll get with Craig Dutton, who is the voice of St. Mary's High School Seven Rangers Radio in just a moment. But first, got to get a check of the scoreboard. Looking for scores, look no more. Go to basketballnight.com for all your scores from around the Mountain State. We'll start on the boys' side. It was Independence with a 70-60 win over Liberty Raleigh in the Shady Spring Tournament. Martinsburg is down in Hawaii. We'll have that score for you tomorrow. Taste Valley Christian knocks off Capital 57-49 in the FCA Hoops Classic. Riverside, a 102-49 knockdown of Riverview, also in the FCA Hoops Classic. In the Princeton Tournament, Pikeview, a one-point win over Mountview, 52-51. Magnolia nearly has Preston Boswell outscore Brooke by himself. 73-46, Boswell's 45 points in the win. It was Pocahontas County, a five-point win over East Hardy, 65-60. Hensler drops in 23 for Pocahontas. Tharp, 22 for East Hardy. Toronto, Ohio, 63, Oakland, 44. Greenbrier East, a 73-54 victory over Shady Spring. Caleb Ward, 19 in the win. Jefferson, 59. Sharando, Virginia, 51. It was Ripley, a 69-39 win over Nicholas County. Still looking for a final from Willing Central in Payton City. Last score we had 70-26 at the end of the third. Greenbrier West, a 62-57 victory over Meadow Bridge. Handley, Virginia defeats Hampshire 74-67. It was Van over 100, 78-56. Woodrow Wilson turns out a 47-9 run after having a 22-20 lead in the second quarter and rolls Hurricane 84-48. James Monroe, 66, narrows Virginia, 48. University over John Marshall by 40, 90-50. Tyler Hart and Ethan Ridgway, 12 points each in the winning effort. The Man Hillbillies knock off Greater Beckley Christian, 75-71. Free basketball with Tulsa and Mingo Central as the Rebels get past the Miners, 47-38. Parkersburg, a 67-47 win over Cabell Midland. Princeton defeats Mercer Christian Academy 
73-41. Logan Watkins, 14 for the Tigers. MCA Booth had 27 in the losing effort. Richwood falls to Summers County, 84-60. It was Roan County by two over Doddridge County, 52-50. Spring Mill, 63. Grace Academy out of Maryland, 34. Tucker County, 85. Petersburg, 73. Tug Valley, 78. Cross Lanes Christian, 56. Tigers Valley, a six-point win over Union, 61-55. Belpre, Ohio, 70. Wahama, 53. James Wood, Virginia, 78. Washington, 40. Lindsley takes a six-point win in overtime over Buckhannon Upshur in the Buckhannon Upshur Tournament, 76-70. It was South Charleston knocking off Parkersburg South, 76-67. Brandon Knapper, 39 points. Tamon Scruggs, 16. Park South's day puts in 22. And final score on the boys' side, Parkersburg defeats Cabell Midland at 76-47. Ryan with the girls. Yes, and before I get to the girls' scoreboard real fast, I-64 westbound is shut down at Milton yes. because of a truck fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you're on I-64, I hope you have plenty of gas. Yes, good luck tonight. Some scores from across the state. Girls basketball tonight. Preston beats Ross Shepard Canada 79-27 at the ESPN Wild World, Wide World of Sports in Orlando. Big Ten Cardinal Conference shootout. Liberty Harrison beats Independence 27-16. FCA Hoops Classic. Riverview 94-40 over Taze Valley Christian. Big Ten Cardinal Classic. It was, or shootout, it was Philip Barber 60. Scott 26. Herbert Hoover 57. Robert Seabird 34. East Fairmont 72. Mingo Central 33. FCA Hoops Classic. Charleston Catholic 58. Capital 49. Back to the Big Ten Cardinal shootout. It was Grafton 72, Tulsa 51. The Rebels get 35 points in the loss from freshman Dean and Charles, including seven threes, but they fall to the Bearcats. The Lincoln Cougars remain undefeated with a 54-53 win over Wayne. It was George Washington over John Marshall, 42-34. Polka beats Bridgeport in the Big Ten Cardinal Conference shootout, 47-44. It was Wheeling Park, 71 Oak Glen 42. Bishop Donahue beats Cameron 60 to 47. Musselman over Moorefield 63-42. And Notre Dame beats Ritchie County tonight by a score of 52 to 20. Also, Cross Lanes Christian, a 54-30 win over Tug Valley. But Cannon Upshur beats Martinsburg in the Buccaneer Christmas Classic 62-54. Bishop Donahue over Cameron 60 to 47. Fairmont Senior beats Chapmanville Regional in the Big Ten Cardinal Conference shootout 74-42. Again, the Big Ten got the best of the Cardinal Conference today. Wyoming East beats South Charleston 73-66. Gabby Lapartis, 35 points in the win for the Warriors. Frankfurt beats Kaiser 67-60. It was Pikeview over Mountain View 82-31. Riverside beats Valley Fayette 55-44. Greater Beckley Christian defeats Oak Hill 37-35. Also tonight, Nitro falls to Hurricane. The Redskins get the win, 58-39. St. Mary's beats Parkersburg Catholic, 84-63. Williamstown over Elk Valley Christian, 100-55. And the final Big Ten Cardinal Conference shootout game of the night. It was North Marion over reigning state champion Sissonville, 61-48. That is your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Ryan, three new scores coming in, all on the boys' side. It was Catholic Central Ohio 54-49 win over Madonna. 
Ward County defeats Tyler Consolidated 51-45, to and Morgantown knocks off Elkins 89-48, to just getting those three finals in. And we also know on the boys' side that St. Joe beat Charleston Catholic by approximately 20. We never did get an exact score on that, um, but we're still working for that. If you've got that, at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. Uh, or visit basketballnight.com. That's got all the ways to get in touch with us. We have to step aside, take one more break before we can get to Craig Dutton. We'll talk with him. We'll also talk um, about more about that Wyoming East South Charleston girls game. Fantastic game earlier today with Basketball Friday Night West Virginia returns on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Elijah Cuffey, Polka Dots, Cody Maynard, Parkersburg, South Patriots, Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont, Lady Bees, Erica Bowles, tonight's Fairmont Senior Polar Bears Student Athlete of the Week. If you've got somebody remarkable on your team, or maybe they made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the standout athlete of the week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. You've got till 11.45 tonight to join us in our poll question. We'd like for you to vote. The question is, which boys basketball team has the best chance of repeating as state champion this year? Huntington, Polka, or Magnolia? Again, you got till 11.45. You go to basketballnight.com. And over on the right-hand side of the page, you'll see where you can vote. 11.45. We'll share the results with you at the end of the show. And also tonight at 11.45, the big discussion about the state reclassification. You can find all that at basketballnight.com. All classes, all regions are on the site. No place better to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11-17 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, and Bill Cornwell with you. Good news, if you're going through Charleston, you the traffic within Charleston, not bad. The bad news is you can't get to Charleston because all roads around it are basically <laughs> shut down. And now it's shut down both directions. As, the, as you said, there was a vehicle fire in Milton, Milton on right. the westbound side. So if you are on the roads, we, we certainly send our best. If you do not have to get out tonight, black ice all over the tri-state and the listening area throughout the mountain state, actually. If you do have to be on the roads this evening, give yourself plenty of extra time. If you do not have to, stay home. It, the roads are treacherous. Yeah, icy conditions also reported in on I-64 in White Sulphur Springs in the Greenbrier East area. 
uh, or in Greenbrier County, I should say. And, uh, it's just a rough night out there. I mean, we even we even had like uh, on-site reports from uh, referee Bo Anderson and the uh, the the coaching staff from uh, was it uh, Fairmont, Fairmont Senior, Senior trying to make the trek ho- to trek home. They're, so they're, they were like crawling, I guess, up I seventy nine to get home to Fairmont. Well, the icy conditions are being reported all up I seventy nine as well so uh anybody who's out we certainly uh we certainly sympathize with you on that our our sincerest wishes are that for you to get to where you're going safely tonight let's go back to the phone lines and right now let's go to craig dutton seven rangers radio st mary's high school and uh craig st mary's boys off to a uh off to a 2-0 start and sometimes uh when a team makes a deep run into the football playoffs it can affect them uh, a little bit early on in basketball but so far it's not been the case for the blue devils no, it hasn't. I mean, normally what happens with St. Mary's, they schedule Work County and Tyler Consolidated early. You don't want to say they're their weaker teams or so, but they're teams that can match up really well with the Blue Devils early off. And they only had two boys on the varsity roster that needed to make up practice time, and that was that big defensive uh, defensive end. It was Zach Davis. He plays center for the Blue Devils. And then starting quarterback, Will Billiter, he will get some time as a sixth man off the bench. And he uh, he... He just needs to get warmed up, and I guess the last game they had versus Tyler earlier this week, he really warmed up and did well, you know, getting making his presence felt on the court versus the Knights. And I tell you what, it's been a good start to the season so far, 2-0. A little slow for them right now, but tomorrow they get to have their home opener versus Williamstown. There's a lot behind that game for the Blue Devils. There's a lot riding in that. And, of course, uh, longtime uh, assistant coach Bob Hamill passed away suddenly this last spring. And they're going to be doing a blackout to honor uh, assistant coach Bob Hamill. The home team, St. Mary's Blue Devils, will be first time I've ever known them to have, have black uniforms. They will be introducing those tomorrow and encouraging all the fans to do blackout. Williamstown will be wearing their white. So it's a nice arch rivalry to start the season at the new high school facility for St. Mary's Blue Devils. And Williamstown undefeated as well. So um, that, that, that's obviously yeah, always awesome a Yeah, and Donnie Task. And it, it'll be a good matchup for both teams. Um, what are the expectations for, for St. Mary's for this year? Well, for that Region 1, you know, your your expectations are just to be able to get out of the section. And last year they, they ran into a buzzsaw of Peyton City. Peyton City just played perfectly. Freddie King, uh, he's an amazing coach. He uh, he matched up well against the Blue Devils last year. And that was his mentor. I mean, I mean, um, Mark Barnhart, his mentor was Fred King. You know, it's hard to believe how many people he's mentored over the years. And it was fun watching him last year go back and forth. But I feel those are your two best teams in the section. After that, then you've got to face, most likely in the back of your minds, Magnolia, Wheeling Central. And then if they should happen to make a run or, or things get better for them, Bishop Donahue or even Cameron are teams that come to mind as well that can play well in that Region 1. Of course, last year that was a highly touted, highly watched region. was that Region 1 because in the back of my mind I thought, well, at least – you know, they should be able to get two representatives from that top section. And they did. And that's one thing that's represented well in that section. There's kind of a mismatch at times. But I think the St. Mary's Blue Devils this year, if they can get everything act together and everything, they did lose six seniors. So I think they're going to see a few new guys uh, worked into the mix. Oh, we mentioned Will Billiter, you know, starting quarterback this year. He's now going to be seen a lot of time as a forward for the Blue Devils. And then you're also going to be seeing um, – more emphasis from their pure shot, and now he's a uh, junior this year, and Sam Kincaid. Uh, along with that, your guy running the point this year is Anthony Johnson, 
And uh, he's been impressed to watch as he's developed over the years. And even a guy like Brendan Miller, who knows how to get underneath the basket and make big plays for the Blue Devils. So they're well-rounded. You know, Barney, as he goes by Mark Barnhart, it's a system he, he has uh, set up very well over the years. And if you could just get everything clicking, they can have like that year they had when they went up and faced Charleston Catholic for the single-A title. Um, but the boys, you know, are, you know they're going to be all right this year. But even even more impressive is the girls. They've always been. We've always seen to be turning out the athletes for the girls teams. <laughs> yeah, it's been some excellent, uh, been some excellent Saint uh, uh, Saint Mary's girls teams. And as you mentioned, uh, unfortunately for them, they've kind of run into that uh, that juggernaut with uh, oh, with Saint my. Joe. But that does not take anything away from what yeah. Saint Mary's has had. And no. Craig, and Craig, I hate to cut no. this short. I greatly appreciate it. I know you hung on there yeah. with us for a long time, but you got to keep on moving along. And uh, Craig, though, we'll, we'll definitely uh, look forward to hearing from you again. I'll get you some more reports as the season goes on. And if there's anything you need from up here or other teams in Ohio Valley, let me know. Right, that sounds great. That's Craig Dutton of Seven Ranges Radio. And right now, uh, we'll get to Rick Marone in a moment. We'll let him get settled in wherever he may be. We'll get to him in a moment. But Angie Bonasega is the head coach of the Wyoming East girls. Uh, the, the Warriors with a big win over South Charleston today, and they are now 7-0. and And Coach, first off, can you believe you're basically a third of the way through your schedule already? No, it is hard to believe that we're already on Christmas break. <laughs> Uh, Coach, I, I gotta say, I, I'm just uh, from from our standpoint, your team's one of the ones that we enjoy following because you play such a, a, a wide variety of teams in, in your schedule. You were in the Boyd County Round Ball Classic last week, uh, took on a Boyd County team that's uh, highly thought of in this area, beat them soundly. And then East Carter, which is one of the better teams in all of Eastern Kentucky, has a, a junior point guard who is one of the top point guards in the state of Kentucky, and you beat them late uh, with your outstanding sophomore point guard, Gabby Laparis, getting a, a bucket late in that ball game to get a big win over, over East Carter a week ago. And so 7-0, and oh, and uh, definitely not an easy schedule to start with, but your, your team has met the challenge to this point. They sure have. You know, each time uh, we've had different people step up, and the Kentucky trip was a was a good confidence builder for us because East Carter was a really good team. And so was Boyd County, and some of those two wins there was, uh, and we were really happy about that. Coach, when you have an opportunity to go out of town, out of state and and play like you did in the round ball classic over in boyd county and you play a couple of teams especially that east carter team mayo she's an all-american she really matches up well with lapartis how big was that for your team to come out of there with that win and what does that do for the confidence for gabby who as only a sophomore having such success in at such an early age getting her ready to continue to make this push back to charleston and try to cut down those nets this year instead of coming up a game short uh, you know, I think it was a huge confidence builder for, you know, our whole team. Uh, we had different people step up. Uh, and, of course, Gabby, you know, leads our team, and she's done an outstanding job this whole year. And, you know, tonight was a prime example of how she, the second half, just kind of uh, just had a great game. And uh, I, I think as each game goes on, we're gaining more confidence. Two out of your last three games, you've trailed by double digits in those games. And we talked about it earlier in the contest. We talked with Gary Green from South Charleston. I said, it, it, Wyoming East is a team that you can be leading by 10, you blink your hat, or blink your eyes, tip your hat, and next thing you know, you're trailing by 15. What is it about this team that you can flip the switch and get going so quickly? 
I think they're a real aggressive bunch of young ladies, and I think our defense sets our tempo, and we like getting up and down the court. And uh, and I think, you know, the confidence in themselves that we were down against a really good South Charleston team tonight, you know, they shot extremely well first half. And just the belief in themselves that, you know, if we continue to stick together and be unselfish, hopefully good things will happen. Well, Coach, I have to ask also, uh, I know your game was at West Virginia State University there in Institute. Were you able to get back down, uh, back home safely today? I'm actually still on home. I'm on the side of the road about five miles from my house. I didn't want to drive and text because the roads had been pretty bad. It was a, it's been a long trip home, but it, uh, hopefully, you know, everybody that are on the road tonight will definitely make it home safe. Coach, going back through your schedule, and we talked about the trip going over into Kentucky and playing Boyd County and, and East Carter, but then you come back in your home state and you go out of class. You play a AAA team in South Charleston, a very good South Charleston team. How big is it? Is it really one of those complexes now that coaches, they're not looking for the wins throughout the season. They're looking for what schedule is going to battle test them before that run to get to Charleston. So whenever you get to the Charleston Civic Center, it's just another day at the office, and it's business as usual. I think so. You know, we try to toughen up our schedule this year because we were so blessed last year to have such a wonderful season. But we did fall a little bit short of our goal. And, you know, I think if you are in challenges throughout the year, I, ha- I think that will help prepare us for our, our goal to, you know, getting to Charleston. Well, Coach Angie Bonasega of Wyoming East, always a pleasure and uh, certainly uh which is the, the, those, those last five miles or so are, are, are safe as well. And uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Well, I appreciate you guys having us on. All right. For then. having me on, I'm sorry. Hey, absolutely. That's the head coach of the Wyoming East Warriors girls basketball team, Angie Bonasega. Right now, we'll step aside and take a break. When we come back, Rick Marone will join us from somewhere. <laughs> he uh, may be in a hotel. He, I, I hope he's, yeah. Well, we'll talk with Coach Marone and. We may have a couple more callers as well. We'll also get a scoreboard update when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and their progress all season long with basketball Friday night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Thanks to everyone that called tonight, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We really appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all things high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. You can toll-free, 855-345-4709, 
855-345-4709. We'd also like for you to follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Text the show at 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out our scoreboard, find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. The big news, and we're going to talk about it at 11.45. The state reclassification, the complete breakdown, is on our website at basketballnight.com. All classes, all regions, they're all on the site. Basketballnight.com, your one-stop shop for everything basketball in West Virginia. Also, you've got a few minutes left. We'd like for you to go to our poll question and uh, vote. Which boys' basketball team has the best chance of repeating as state champion this year? Huntington, Boca, or Magnolia? Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 1131 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Bill Cornwell with you. We'll get you a scoreboard in just a moment. We're only going to do one more scoreboard before the night's over, so we'll kind of push that back a little bit. With that 11.45 segment. Yeah, we, I mean, we may do this segment a little bit short, too. But right now, Rick Marone is with us. And, uh, Coach, unfortunately not able to be in studio with us tonight. Where are you? Uh, Ryan, that is uh, kind of like where's Waldo. Uh, <laughs> I have been everywhere from South Charleston to Route 60 West to sitting in traffic at Milton. And so I am in parts unknown, but uh, it's been a long, eventful day, and it's winding down. So you thought you had it beat once you got back on the interstate after you got out of the Kanawha Valley, only to find out there's a vehicle fire that has 64 westbound shot down at East uh, at Milton. That's correct. I thought I was free and clear after I hit 60 all the way to St. Albans and then got to sit in traffic uh, at Milton, and uh, it started moving now, so... Things have thinned out pretty well, and uh, road conditions seem to improve quite a bit, at least in the Huntington area. Well, full day of basketball. Well, first talk about your game. Uh, your team uh, falls to Grafton. Big game tonight, or this afternoon, I should say, though, from freshman Dina Gerald's 35 points uh, in that loss. But uh, Grafton, a really good team, and uh, your ball club uh, still still work in progress, but uh, you've got some firepower there. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, you know, it was a great event all day long, and uh, we knew we were going to have a tall task. It's literally a tall task. Tessa Clark is a is a force inside. She had twenty six for Grafton, and we really had no answer. I mean, she just kind of did what she wanted. When we doubled down, she was kicking out, and uh, Drainer was knocking down and living up to her name, draining threes. we just could not uh, really defend very well. Uh, Dina had a big game. Uh, Mariah Finley had five points and quite a few assists, too. But we just have not been consistent all year. And today our defense got us, gave up over 70 points, which is disappointing. But, uh, you know, we got a young ball club. We don't have a lot of size. And we really uh, just kind of got, uh, you know, we got manhandled a little bit today. And uh, we've got to learn from it and move on. we got a big game to chat until Tuesday night. Well, Coach, uh, that event today – 
Big Ten seemed to get the better of the Cardinal Conference overall. And sometimes when you do these matchups, you don't always get them right in terms of the orders of the, of the teams. You try to. I know the coaches do the best they can. Uh, sometimes though, there are some just unforeseen circumstances in terms of getting the right teams in the right matchups. Uh, but the Big Ten, though, uh, kind of flexing its muscle a little bit today. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's a great event. Uh, I want to give Ollie Hunting uh, kudos. Uh, he's our commissioner with Cardinal Conference, and uh, I tried to kind of work with him. He was the head director. I consider myself the little assistant director, but uh, he did a great job pulling it off. But you're exactly right. The Big Ten, very impressive. Uh, but uh, the final game, uh, Sistonville and uh, North Marion, uh, Sistonville falls behind by 22 at the half. They made a charge, got it down to six, had the ball. In the fourth quarter, North Marion holds on, gets a nice win. But uh, you're exactly right. I think the two wins on the Cardinals' side, uh, Polka had a really good win against Bridgeport. And uh, Herbert Hoover uh, shot really well and got a nice win over R.C. Bird. So uh, those two wins were good wins. But the the upper games, Ryan, uh, Fairmont Senior really got the better of Chapmanville. And uh, Chapmanville kind of depleted right now. They got several girls out injured. And then, North Marion with the big win, so it's definitely on the girls' side at least. It was a uh, a big ten uh, day today, and that Lincoln Wayne game also a very good game as well. Uh, Lincoln had a had a comfortable lead at halftime, and Wayne really uh, made a late charge and almost got him. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, you know Wayne, uh, one of the up and coming teams in our conference, and uh, you know they're three and one I think right now, and I give them credit, Coach Wade Williams, they were down thirty five twenty at the half. And, kind of thought, uh, you know, Lincoln ready to slam the door, but Lincoln went about six minutes in the third period, didn't score a point. Uh, Wayne made a good charge, and it ended up, uh, you know, Wayne put a little heat on the Cougars, and, uh, you know, I think uh, opened some eyes to the type of team that Wayne has, but they came up just a little bit short, but uh, that was uh, one of the better games of the day. Well, Coach Marone, I know you're uh, still working on your way getting home, and uh, we'll let you... uh Continue your journey, and uh, may your voyage land you home safely. Hey, I appreciate the show. Sounds great. And uh, my plan is in 2016 to be sitting beside you guys. I know how much you miss me. I know we Bill. do. Hey, bring some food when you come, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you guys are doing great uh, all across the state and everywhere we're traveling, the uh, show is a big topic. So keep up the good work, and uh, uh, you guys have a great rest of the show. And uh, Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hey, Merry Christmas to you too, Coach. Absolutely. Thank you, and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Coach Rick Marone. Right now we're going to go right back to the phone lines to Evan Faulkner. He is the head coach of the Ripley Vikings. And, uh, Coach, a nice win today over over Mercer Christian. Excuse me. No, I'm on the wrong side there. Hold on. Let's try that again. Let me try (laughs) it again. Let's push the reset button here. Three, two, one. Coach Evan Faulkner on the phone. He is the coach of the Ripley Vikings. Uh, if, if live TV really worked that way, wouldn't it be so great? I just hit the call button. So, yeah, thank you, guys. Now the guys in the back are getting on me. Sorry about that. Uh, coach Faulkner, though, uh, Ripley, um, your, your ball club, we talked a little bit earlier with Brian Johnson uh, about uh, how this the, the start to the season has been for you guys. And, uh Really, uh, a lot of size underneath. We already knew about Chase Johnson, but now you've got a couple of guys now, six foot eight, who are uh, kind of eating space in the paint for you and uh, really helping you uh, early on this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
you know, we uh, we feel like we have an advantage with those guys. That Chase and Luke have both been playing really well. Uh, had a little hiccup there on Wednesday against a really tough Hurricane team, but uh, but for the most part, uh, we're off to a good start. I'm pleased with where we're at. Uh, got a good rebound win today, and you know we just got to keep pushing and continue to try to get better. But but Luke and Chase is uh, definitely you know a big part of what we're trying to do, both offensively and defensively. Coach, I talked with you last season, and I know you said you're you're still trying to get the right guys in the system to be able to start running that that crazy weave offense that you used at Elliott County when you played. You guys were shooting threes off the bus. How's that coming? And the fact that you still have those big guys that you're starting to pull away from the basket. Brian talked about having them step out 15, 17 feet away from the basket. You take a 6'8 guy that can have that mid-range jump shot, it forces a lot of teams to play you defensively in a lot of positions they don't want to. Yeah, our guys have really worked on their skills this summer. Uh, Chase has obviously made huge strides, and, you know, as a program, we've uh, had guys get better. So uh, we're trying to play a little bit faster this year, uh, giving our guys a chance to try to get out on the break and run a little bit, which we didn't do much of last year. Um, and, you know, so far we've we've been pretty good. We're not turning the ball over as much as we were last year. Uh, so all those are good things. Uh, I don't know if I've ever had the guts to play the way we did. I, I played for a coach. That, you know, I, I feel like he had a lot of guts. I don't know if I'll ever be that crazy. But, but um, you know, we're, we are trying to play a little bit faster, get get some more easy baskets, uh, maybe put a little bit more pressure on teams who are going to try to pressure us. Uh, uh, and, again, you know, we're doing a, a lot better job that, just really a testament to our guys and the work they put in this summer and, uh, you know, working on their skill and getting stronger and uh, all those things are, are paying off for us. Yeah, we talked to, uh, as we mentioned, Brian Johnson about an hour ago, and I, and I asked the question. He kind of uh, uh, confirmed that uh, that I know that that trip to Boyd County last week was taken on the Ashland Tomcats was very special to you. Of course, that was an old rival of yours in the, in the 16th region and uh, – and to have a, have a good game against them, uh, I know it was really special. Plus, chance to show off your team to the folks in Northeast Kentucky. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it was uh, fun because we won, and I felt like we really played well. Uh, you know, probably since I've been here over the course of whatever the last year and three or four games, that was maybe the best we'd executed um, on both ends as a whole uh, in two years. So I was really pleased with that. I was. It was fun to get a play in front of some friends and family and, um, you know, show off our team. Uh, they're always staying updated, and we talk a lot with, uh, you know, people from back home. So it was, it was good to finally get to, get a chance to go home and, and, and play in front of them. Evan, when you get an opportunity to take your team out of state and play, like in this situation, you get a chance to play a tough team out of the 16th region, which is one of the best regions in Kentucky basketball in Ashland, what does that give you – as a coach, to, to let your players see what's out there, how they match up with a team like that, and how much confidence does it bring back when you come back into your own classification in state of going into Ashland and picking up a win? Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, you know, our kids enjoy doing those things. Uh, you know, they play GW and South Charleston and Capitol and all those schools all the time. So for us to be able to go somewhere else and just see somebody different, something new, uh, is is fun for them, and it, and it also is, is you know it's uh, fun as we try to game plan for somebody different. You know we don't know anything about them, so you know that 
schematics of it and the strategy of it is is fun for us as a staff and us as a team to really try to put together a plan against somebody we don't know and and see if we can go execute it and you know it test our kids a little bit and uh, gives them a, a new challenge and uh, you guys know the tradition that Ashland's got and uh, how good they've been in the past and and those guys uh, coach out that just got that job this year's done a heck of a job and they're going to win a lot of games so I felt like that was a good win for us. A 30-point win tonight for Ripley over Nicholas County. Coach Evan Faulkner's ball club now 3-1. and Coach, always a pleasure to talk with you, and I apologize for making a mistake at the beginning. (laughs) Hey, that's all right. Hey, we'll take wins however we can get in Nicholas County or Leslie, whatever you said, we'll take them however we can get Hey, as long as we're getting W's, I'm happy. There you go. That's Evan Faulkner, the head coach of the Ripley Vikings, and uh, appreciate him uh, hanging there with us. And uh, let's speak about someone who's having to deal with weather. We'll go to Matt Welch right now, sports writer for the Times West Virginia out of Fairmont. We've only got a few minutes here with him. We know he's had a long few hours here. Matt, are you all checked in now and ready to call tonight? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm settling in here uh, at the Holiday Inn, so I, I can't ask for much more. Uh, you covered the Big Ten Cardinal Conference shootout, girls basketball today. We talked with Coach Rowan there a little bit earlier about it, but uh, really a, a big day for the Big Ten. Right. I mean, the Big Ten goes in and gets six wins, and you look at four of those teams. Uh, they were in the state tournament last year, so uh, it was kind of unfortunate last year in the state tournament that they all kind of matched up against each other, but uh, still tough teams nonetheless and some pretty good games today. Any, any obviously it was an eye opener for North Mary in handling Sissonville the way they did. They were able to withstand the the, the barrage that Sissonville made to get back into that game. Um, but uh, also big win earlier for Fairmont Senior, who is kind of retooling, but they're definitely not rebuilding. And uh, those two programs and Lincoln stays undefeated with, with a game where they played really well in the first half and had to hold on in the second half. Uh, those three teams really kind of stood out, not to mention East Fairmont, who had a nice one as well. Right. I mean, the, the North Marion score, even 61-48, doesn't even show how uh, how indicative of that game. I mean, uh, North Marion was up 39-17 at the half and then just kind of lost control and, and lost sight of uh, Madison Jones and let her uh, kind of get out and shoot a little bit, and everyone knows how dangerous she can be. Um, but the, the big thing in that game was Presley Tuttle, uh, point guard for North Marion. She had 20 points, nine rebounds from her point guard spot. Uh, she really kind of settled in after some early foul trouble. Uh, and then right before that, uh, for Fairmont Senior, that game was really kind of never close. Uh, the third quarter was the big difference there. Um, Fairmont Senior started out 16-0 and uh, in that quarter and forced seven turnovers, scored 12 points off of that. Uh, Erica Bowles and, and Abby Starr both had 21 in that game. Uh, and then Lincoln, like you said, I mean, you take away that third quarter and, and they probably win by maybe 20, 25, uh, the way they're playing that first half. Um, it, it's really fun to always watch, uh, Hope Bray and Gracie Lamb. Uh, they're, they're two pretty good, uh, guards in the state. Matt, was there any games today that you just really caught you off guard of, of the outcome of how the two teams matched up? Uh, kind of the, the Hoover RCB game really kind of stuck out to me a little bit. I wasn't expecting RCB to play as, as bad as they did, uh, but you can't take anything away from Hoover. I mean, they came out and, and really gave it all they had and really kind of uh, shut down Corinne Todd. I mean, she's a girl who can go out and drop uh, anywhere from 20 to 30 a night, and, and she kind of really seemed off her game a little bit, and I kind of got everyone out of uh, out of sync for the Eagles. But uh, Hoover Hoover played a great game, and 
they, they come out with a 13-point win. Well, Matt, you have the uh, – I, I presume you'll have coverage from the boys' uh, games tomorrow at West Virginia State? Oh, absolutely. Uh, North Marion opens up at 9.30 for me, so I'll be there. Uh, bright and early and, and stay until Fairmont Senior Polka, so can't miss that one. There you go. Get a good night's rest. That's Matt Welch of the Fairmont Times, West Virginia. Definitely appreciate him taking time out to talk with us on what's been a busy night for him. We'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the basketball Friday night scoreboard. And it happens every day of the week. Every day of the week, we send out scores at night and send you a link on where you can read all the scores that happened during the day. We want you to tweet us during the week, not just Friday night. Let us know how your team is doing. You can tweet us, text us, email us. We want to hear from you. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Send your scores to scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. Coming up next, it's the state reclassification. A discussion about that. And that's all posted at basketballnight.com. You can see where the schools are, all classes, all regions. They're all on the site. We've had them here tonight. Kind of breaking news. And we really appreciate all the folks that called us tonight, sent us a text, tweet, gave us scores, so we could follow all the games in West Virginia. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, We're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Once again, follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. And a big thank you to many of our new followers this week, including Jake Rislip, Courtney Dawn, Todd Kimball, Eric Knutson. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 1149 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia as we get set to close up shop not only for tonight, but for the year. The year? Yeah, we won't be back till January 8th. Yeah, it's well, uh, crazy to believe we get it. We get two breaks this year. Yeah, so. no show next next Friday night's Christmas. Nobody want nobody's playing on Christmas, obviously, and nobody wants to listen to us uh, next Friday. The Friday <laughs> after that is New Year's. Well, they don't. I mean, what, you know, I'll be watching the twenty. Family. I'll be watching the twenty four hours of Christmas story, exactly. So. And then you got New Year's Day, yeah. which uh, again, no games on New Year's Day, no show either because we'll be watching folks football. Will be, you're right. <laughs> you'll be, be, you'll be watching else. football, and this this time next week, Rack, uh, not this time next week, but at least during the week next week, I'm going to be on the beach because Bill, you can leave now. I'm going to be in Florida. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, enjoying a little, uh, little. Well, it's going to feel like the beach here. It's supposed to be 67 on it Christmas is, it Day. Is, it is, but uh, I'm going to be enjoying a little pre St. Pete Bowl time with with Marshall. Well, it wouldn't be a basketball Friday night if we didn't have to just go rocketing through the last bit of the show. So let's go right now. It's time for basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Looking for scores? You're going to have to go to the BasketballNight.com website because all I've got time to do is tell you winners tonight. Independence, a winner tonight. Taze Valley Christian in, on the boys' side. Uh, that's the prep version of Taze Valley Christian. Uh, Riverside, Pikeview, Magnolia, Pocahontas County, Toronto, Ohio beats Oak Glen. Uh, Greenbrier East, Jefferson, Ripley, Willing Central, Greenbrier West, all winners. Hanley, Virginia, winner over Hampshire. Van, Woodrow Wilson, James Monroe, University, all winners. Steubenville Catholic Central Ohio, a winner over Madonna. Man, Tulsa, in overtime, a winner. Parkersburg, Princeton, Summers County, Roan County, St. Joe, Spring Mills, Tucker County, Tug Valley, Tigers Valley, all winners tonight. Belfry, Ohio, beats Wahama. James Wood, Virginia, beats Washington. Work County, Morgantown, Lindsley Academy winners. Lindsley beating Buchanan Upshur. Also tonight, South Charleston, a big win over Parkersburg South, 76-67. And Parkersburg, a winner over Cabell Midland in boys basketball. On the girls' side, Preston, a winner at the ESPN Wild World of Sports in the Big Ten Cardinals Classic Shootout. Liberty Harrison, Philip Barber, Hoover, East Fairmont, Grafton, Lincoln, and Polka, all winners. In the FCA Hoops Classic, Riverview, Charleston Catholic, and the rest of the winners tonight, George Washington, Willing Park, Bishop Donahue, Musselman gets a win in the Petersburg Tournament, Notre Dame in the Doddridge Tournament, Cross Lanes Christian, a winner, Buckhannon Upshur wins in the Buccaneer Christmas Classic, it's Bishop Donahue, Fairmont Senior, Clay Battelle, Frankfurt, Pikeview, Riverside, Hurricane, St. Mary's, Williamstown, and North Marion in our final uh, game of the night. And we'll give you a score. Double-A Wyoming East knocks off Triple-A South Charleston, 73-66. Gabby Lapartis, 35 points in that win. A boys game that started last night ended this morning because it was in Hawaii. It was Martinsburg beating Kahuku, Hawaii, by a final score of 73-48. to Don't ask me to say that again. I'm not positive. That Do it was again. Correct. That was your basketballfridaynight.com. <laughs> Melanie Kaliki Maka to you, too. Yes. Yes. That was your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. <laughs> Don't laugh. There's a softball player at East Carolina had a name that was. Oh God! That, don't even get me. Just, she played shortstop. Yes. I remember her, and it was one that you had to practice. It had a hyphen in it, and the yep. second half of the hyphen was like the simplest name ever. But the first part, no. But anyway, nonetheless, uh, that was your uh, scoreboard. We'll hear from Marcus Constantino in just a moment. He'll have the uh, the check on the 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 uh, poll question, and then uh, this week's poll question. He'll have both of those uh, ready for you in just a moment. But first, we want to talk about the proposed alignments for uh, sectional and regionals for next year after the reclassifications that came out uh, earlier. It, it actually, it was uh, end of last month, I believe, in November. But uh, nonetheless, uh, teams that would be on the move. Just, just before we get to that, only general because you don't have a lot of time here. But AAA would have more or less three and four team sections. Yeah. Uh, all throughout because there are only 29 AAA schools next year. Um, but it looks like it's pretty well divided up into roughly seven teams in 
in three of them and eight in, yep. in another. Double uh, A, for instance, though, has a proposed section that would include Oak Glen and Berkeley Springs together. Oak Glen is in the extreme northern panhandle. Berkeley Springs is in the extreme eastern panhandle. Um, and unfortunately, it may look like it's close on the map, but it's not easy to oh. get there. Uh, not at all. And, and in fact, uh, that one just did not make any sense to me. Um, Oak Glen, again, in Hancock County in the northern panhandle. Um, I don't know how you put them in a section with a team in the extreme eastern panhandle, and at the same time you separate Liberty Harrison and Robert C. Byrd into different regions when they're five minutes apart. Yeah, it still has. It's still a work in progress. And again, we posted this, and it's in big bold letters. It's proposed. This is nothing that has been yeah. passed. It still has a lot of things to go through. But uh, going back through Double A, you've got one section that has six teams proposed, and then you go down into to another section. It has four. And and again, g- geographically, things obviously has to play out. And then you get into class single A, and it is just a logjam. There are teams everywhere. That is absolutely. Uh, you could almost break it into extra sections if you needed to. There is a seven-team section in Class Single A, Region 2, Section 2, over uh, over Eastern Panhandle and then a little further west, and it is going to be a mess if they go with that. But I wanted to mention again real fast, that, that proposed Eastern Panhandle, Northern Panhandle section, it is 193 miles from Oak Glen High School to Berkeley Springs High School, three hours, 24 minutes, and that sends you through Pittsburgh yes. to get there. Yeah, they could do a little, looking at the double-A the, the names, they could do a little shuffling and maybe Region 1, Section 2, Region 2, Section 1, maybe to make that a little bit more geographically sensible. Yeah, and also one more to mention before we go to the poll questions, and to Marcus Constantino, they have Man in Region 3, Section 1. They have them separated from Logan and Chapmanville Regional, who would be in Region 4, Section 2. That just doesn't make any no. sense. No, none of Got to change that. Absolutely. So let's go to the phone lines to uh, Marcus Constantino, who for the first time ever is not in-house for a basketball Friday night in West Virginia, but he's still on the show. Marcus, you've got our poll question. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, 32 shows tonight, and definitely uh, weird not being in the studio, but, um, you know, I, I couldn't not be on the show, so here I am uh, in Charleston. Uh, thankfully, if I would have been there, I probably wouldn't have gotten back here, or so Twitter says. Uh, but anyways, uh, to the poll question, I see we don't have a lot of time left. Last week, 64 voters answered which boys basketball team has the best chance of repeating a state champion this year. 50% of voters say Polka, 27% say Magnolia, and 23% say Huntington has the best chance of repeating as boys state champion. Now on to this week's poll question, which is live right now at basketballnight.com. Which girls basketball team has the best chance of repeating a state champion this year? Morgantown, Sissonville, or St. Joseph Central. You can go cast your vote right now at basketballnight.com. All right, Marcus, good news. I-64 eastbound at the 53-mile marker in Dunbar reopened. 
bad news is that there right. are more crashes around that area and uh you can't even get to dry. it yeah you can, really can't get through there right now that's <laughs> the, the problem so marcus we always appreciate it everything you do for us uh big thanks to you thank you ryan and thank you mike nick Everyone, Fred, Alice, everyone behind the scenes tonight. Lance, if you're there, thank you, too. <laughs> hey, Lance, thanks, Marcus. Merry Christmas, Lance, man. Lance is here, so we definitely thank him as well. So that'll do it for this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For everyone involved here, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We will be back January 8th. For Basketball Night in, or for Basketball Night in West Virginia, I'm Ryan Epling. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit our website at basketballnight.com for our poll question, the basketballnight.com scoreboard, and much more. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved.